You just need to know that anything that is in your brain that is like saying to you in like a little tiny voice like, oh, but you don't know, you don't know the lens type to use on a camera when you want to get the shot that looks like wide. So you need to learn that for, fuck it. The guys don't know either. That's why you hire a good DP. This is all I'm saying is that any of us need to pursue these things as if we are fucking experts already in the field because that is what white men have been doing for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations. And And they're not experts in the field. They can't even find the fucking clitoris. Your name has echoed through my mind and I just think you should, think you should know. I had it in my head. I didn't know what it was. I had to, okay, first of all, I thought Shazam was a thing that you could like hum into. Oh no. Yeah. That would be so great if that was possible. But it exists. Does it? That you can hum into? I found it. I found it. And guess what? What? I went, this love is ha ha ha. Because I couldn't remember the word treacherous. Sure. I mean, if I had gotten the word treacherous, obviously. You could have just Googled the lyrics. Could have also just would have known what the song was. Right. Because the song is Treacherous by one Miss Taylor Swift. Um, I just heard my neighbor slam the door with a plum, perhaps <laughs> sending a message <laughs> to me. Maybe, or maybe just, you know, maybe just. Feelings, maybe just the door shut. Maybe just slammy. the door, door. Maybe just the door shut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Often Let's give everybody the best. When I slam a door, it's a complete accident. I only slam doors. So <laughs> one time at Busy Tonight, you um slammed a door and I just happened to be uh like behind you, but you didn't know that I was behind you. <laughs> God. And I the was, amount of times that's happened to people. Jesus. I was standing there cracking up laughing and then Mark was behind me and I didn't know and he was like and he was like she didn't mean that. She was <laughs> I was like she didn't even know I was back here. Oh it was my just God. it was like a train of people who didn't know people were behind them because all the the corridors there were narrow. Was, uh I think I'll turn my air conditioner off and see how long I make it. Yeah, see how long. See it's how you do. ninety-five degrees in New York City. Oof. But also, um, oh, I had a remote control for this air conditioning unit. I didn't know. Oh, interesting. It's just right here. I could have just done it. Wow. Um, but also, guess what? I just opened. What'd you just open? I just opened uh, the non-alcoholic sparkling rosé that you gave me for one of the sparkling rose that you gave me for my birthday. Yeah. Just to try. Just I want to try it. All right. I was, I'm doing, I'm taking notes, taking notes. Okay. Taking notes. For, for a bear on a wire dot substack.com. For a bear on a wire dot substack.com. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's going to be, it'll be a good thing. I was like trying to figure out how to post. I don't understand the video component. I want to like do basically, I want to post video on, th- how did you, oh, you had a, mm, Guys, I'm answering my own questions. They're not even coming out. I like. I might have put I'm some. Having, I don't want to be too specific, but I might have put a piece of video up on the Substack that who knows. Okay, I, wait. I got to make a note. 
If we all, oh, Busy's making a note on I a really rose. I really enjoy this. Ari, the video on Substack. Don't know how long we'll be allowed to keep it there. If we all play it cool, maybe forever. Cool, everybody. Be cool. Maybe I'll, I'll mom. Add, <laughs> I'll add another one and see how it goes. By the way, do you do you understand? I didn't even know what my mom was talking about. Like I assumed that my my mom's like I was checking my email and then I turned my and then I watched an episode. Yeah, I posted the nice thing that my mother yeah. said. Yeah, but like I didn't even know what she was talking about, and I just sort of assumed that like in some world my mom has TiVo and still. <laughs> like, does Kivo even still exist? I don't think it does. But, like, in my head, my mom has all of the Busy Tonight's, like, saved to her TV somehow. Uh, and she some just was, like, do. watching it. That Some people commented that they either have the whole show on their DVR and they haven't gotten rid of their DVR. Or a lot of people have the last episode still. And some people haven't watched the last episode because they feel like it would be too sad for them to watch it. I get it, guys. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We felt the same. Cl- did it with our eyes closed as well. I was, my eyes were closed. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're making notes about your sparkling non-alcoholic rosé as we. I, just, I like it. It's good. Oh, good. I love that. Feels, feels nice. Refreshing. Okay. All right. So you'll, you'll <sighs> do like a full, a full review. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I'm just, uh, I'm not like pressuring myself to right. do it all at one time. Of this course. Is, I'm going to try them over the next several days and write my you don't wanna feelings down. Get not. I don't want to sully the experience. I yeah. want to enjoy them. Yeah. Obviously. Or not enjoy them. Maybe. Maybe yeah, some of them may, I won't maybe enjoy. Maybe some will be done. I did. Our, I already tried. I already tried one. I didn't like. But oh, okay. There you go. See? You know. So um, you live and you learn. Okay, so look out for that on Substack. Just FYI, the piece of video that I put up was for subscribers. We were looking for something to treat people who were supporting. And those subscribers are going to continue to be treated. Yeah. So, um, but also uh, some of our listeners and friends are doing a really cool thing where they're like gifting subscriptions to the Substack to people. They're like arranging to to do like a little uh, a little gift of subscriptions, which is super cool. Or, you know, if, if you're really into it and you really, really want to see it, well, w- there'll be a way. There'll be a way. Yeah. And if it's like not feasible in this moment in time to support monetarily, that is a thing I relate to. So we get it. We, get we can it. make it happen for you. So yeah. So um, check reach out. out. <laughs> Don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Check out the Facebook group. They've been working on that. And then also like you can. Guys, let's get off Facebook. Let's get off of it. <laughs> let's get off of Facebook. Roll it over. It's so hard you know what? to Who's leave. the admin? Who's the admin of Facebook? Me. Of our group? Me. Oh. We'll just roll everybody over. Guys, we're just gonna have the same. Let's have the same conversations I over know. there. Can anyone post on the Facebook page That's thing? The allure of well, Facebook. So, is so that- how do we make that? How do we make Substack a little bit more community friendly in terms of like, like I think that if you have a suggestion for like a post topic, yeah. you should submit it definitely, and let then we'll us give know. you we'll give you cred and. You know what I mean? To yeah. start conversations. I, mean, I think we could also start There's two like, different things. a weekly like, thread or whatever. I think here's what the Facebook is good for is 
it's a lot of like, hey, everybody, I am going away on vacation. And I was wondering, like, what books are everyone reading? You know, and so it's a lot of conversations mm-hmm. like that. What shows are you binging right mm-hmm. now? Or like, or people share really personal stories about like a medical situation that they're going through and they just want support. So things like that. But we can definitely, I think there's a way that we can... I want to look into a way that we can do that without also, like, flooding everyone's inboxes with, like, emails every time we... Oh, well, that was, you know, know, I had that issue with with the Substack. I was like, Casey, make the notification stop. I can't. (laughs) Like, I want to... I want to go and read them and like go through them. But like I literally, my email was like, it was like when Ray, it was raised last day all over again. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. Um, a couple of things. How's your, how are you doing? Um, You know, I mean, I just feel like I'm living Groundhog Day busy. My new car, flat tire last no. night. No. And then... um. You know, I'm holding out hope that the company that we bought the car from will make it right. Mm. But, uh, you know, like pets getting sick and flat tires never happen on weekdays or during business hours. It's always no. like when you have to go to extraordinary, extraordinary lengths to get anything done. So we got this guy who like came in his car with a jack and he took our tire and rim away to a place to get a new tire and rim like after hours um not a new tire and you never saw him again no he left his jack which i think is like a pretty ingenious business model because those have to be pretty expensive like more than a tire i would think um he was a really nice guy but he was like did you know that this car has been in a pretty bad accident and we were like oh we were told that no (laughs) that it had like where'd you buy it from from Carvana. I don't know what that is. Carvana is like this service where you can buy a car like online. And it's especially helpful right now because there are car shortages There's everywhere. A sh- it's a car shortage. Right. And they like deliver a car to you, which is great. And okay, so we found the there car. There has to be recall. Well, a, that's a recourse. The, there, there kind yeah. of is. There's like a there's like a return period where if you're not satisfied, you can return it. But I'm just I'm bummed because a I fucking need a car. B I wrapped the car with vinyl and paid for that. I remember a boo. So um yeah so waiting to see but i mean joe the guy who changed our tire last night or replaced our tire we would have changed it ourselves but cars don't have spare tires anymore and it was pretty shredded so um joe who changed our tire last night was like this car will never be right (laughs) and we were like okay but anyway i'm bringing it in tomorrow to some collision center to see but the fact of the matter is we wouldn't have bought it if it had been disclosed to us that it had been in an accident and it has like a clean carfax report which just means that whoever crashed it didn't like go through insurance probably or whatever but also according to joe who worked on our tire he was like anyone who inspected this who knows about cars would have known that this was in a pretty bad accident the alignment right, is because very right, you see up. the frame it's yeah. the, like frame on the underside yeah that's right guys i'm an amateur car guy yeah <laughs> so i don't know she, the blueberry might need to be put down i don't know we gotta figure it out but step one tomorrow but 
back to being like a one car fucking family with the least reliable car is the one that's like gonna still be home and the one that has to be taken to a job off the premises every day. So I might have, I might have a car for you. I might have a friend. (laughs) I'm I'm serious. I might have a friend. Yeah, no, I just might have a friend who might be able to give you a car for a bit. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm serious. I'm into it. Our friend Paul F. Tompkins is um, upgrading his car uh, at some point. And so I'm I'm following that saga because I might, you know, I might jump at buying his car. Who knows? Emily Beebe keeps talking about what she's going to do with that car. I mean, I have to say, first, Emily Beebe still drives the first gen Prius. Oh, she from has, like a million years ago. She has a plug-in Prius, right? It's literally that car is so old. Is it? Here's the one thing I want to say about BB. I don't know if it's frugality or the environment or both. Yeah. But she really makes choices that are good for the environment. And for your pocketbook. Yeah. Because I went to drop off some stuff at her house in LA before we left. And I walked into her house. I had keys. Don't worry. She was at work. <laughs> Guys, it was 95 degrees inside of her house. And I was like, Emily, I called her. I was like, oh, no, your air conditioning's broken. And she's like, no, no, no. I turn it up during the day when I'm in the office. Right. Like, Wait, what are you talking about? And she's like, you're not supposed to have your air conditioning. And I was like, no, no, no. I understand that. But like. Emily, it's 90 degrees in here. She's like, it is not busy. I'm looking on my I'm looking on my Nest thermostat. It says it's 81. I was like, that's too fucking hot. So and then and then I was like, by the way, where are the dogs? Because she has her dog and then she's still fostering this other guy. Nick. Um I love Guys, Nick. Nick is available for if you're looking to adopt an adorable guys, dog. Look on Emily. I Beebe's love Nick. Instagram. He's not. He's. I don't think he's for a house with uh, children. Right. You have to be in LA. Listen. Right. Here, there are requirements. You yeah. got to be in LA or surrounding area. Emily Beebe's not shipping dogs like Carvana no, is shipping she's cars. Fucking, she's not shipping a dog. No <laughs> way. But you should. But look at Nick. You should. It's a Mayday Rescue is the name of the animal rescue that Biebs works with. And so anyway, Nick is a real star, but um, he just hasn't found his forever home because he's in love with Emily. Anyway, it's hilarious to me. But so I'm like, Emily, where are the dogs? And she's like, I don't know. They're probably, I don't don't know. It's like, it's too fucking hot in here for these dogs. (laughs) And then I like hearkened back to that whole debacle with Birdie and the cats and the heat and the whole thing. Right. Which... If I'm being honest in this moment, I am going to say that Emily's house was like on par with how hot my house was. Okay. All right. Okay. Like it was fucking hot. Emily's like, fine, I'm turning on the air conditioning because I'm leaving work now and I, it'll be, it'll be cooled by the time I get home. I was like, okay, fine. It's not that her house is never like, she's just not a super air conditioner. Yeah. She's one of those people that like at night will turn up the air conditioning in the back where she sleeps. Yeah. Zone But then cooling. like the rest zoned cooling but then the rest of the house is always kind of just like yeah not freezing anyway well her I go dogs out back. can go in wait, and out were they out back wait, wait i go out back the two of them looked like they were like lounging like it was like they were like lamb chopping like their whole bodies that's what we call it in my family <laughs> when dogs do that thing where they spread their entire body out oh like, yeah uh, like front paws straight out and back like, paws like back out we spatchcocked themselves 
spatchcocked, but we called it, oh wait, that's funny. That was the word I think that I was looking for when I was a little kid, but instead I called it lamb chopping when, when our dog would do it. And so yeah. then I just have always called it lamb chopping. That oh, also but yeah, makes spatchcock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But anyway, so the dogs were both like lamb chopping out <laughs> on the tile in the shade. And I took a picture because it was so funny. But um, that is so cute. I mean, you know, you can't like roast your dogs. We all know you don't leave your dogs in a hot car. But I will say, I think that my dogs prefer to be like a little hot. And the reason that I say this is because the only time they're not being wild is if we let them out in the backyard they bark at Fudgy, who we found out that Fudgy's name might be Mochi. But the guy who calls Fudgy all the time says it with such, like, vehemence that it sounds like Fudgy. So uh, we're just going to continue to call him Fudgy because um, <laughs> whatever. We're just going with Fudgy. Uh, the dogs go out. They, you know, get into it with Fudgy a little bit. And there's plenty of shade, but they find the hottest part of the patio and lay their little bald stomachs on it and just like fry themselves. Maybe they're like the kinds of dog. maybe they're dogs that are like descend from dingoes or something. Yeah, maybe. Or they're like 1980s sunbathers. They're like, give me some baby oil and uh, a tinfoil covered cardboard or like whatever. Like my parents, like my parents, <laughs> my parents still, my parents just always are just out there hitting, hitting this, the, the, Tanning oil. Oh my gosh. Tanning oil. Do they even still sell tanning oil? No, no. My dad, like, my dad will buy, like, he rarely buys above 15 SPF. Wow. The man, the man is 79 years old, has had skin cancer removed from his body like 47 times. Wow. And he's, he's just, just like, like, and he's like a he's, rocket scientist. He's not, but he's uh, an engineer. He's, a, he's really smart. Yeah, I mean, he was an engineer. He's a retired the equivalent nu- nu- of- nuclear engineer. Okay. Um, but he just likes that frying oil sensation. He just likes the feel he of it. I don't know. He just like, yeah. But also, I do too, kind of. Well, you are like, I mean, guys, I can't even describe to you. Like, when we did Busy Tonight at first, we were in like a very tall office building, like a, a very businessy building. We weren't in our studio yet. And really busy. That was probably your first like job that was like day to day hours in an office, right? <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> in what world would I have ever worked in an office? Well, I mean, that's, I don't know. Like as a kid, I, my kids have no, been working you in. Know my history california pizza kitchen to college to freaks and geeks i just wanted to confirm anyway what everyone who especially is a woman knows is that like offices are kept like refrigerators because so that men can wear suits so that men can wear suits and also like women just have like lower body temperatures i think sometimes is that does that seem right scientists let me know but busy would literally press herself up against the windows and like just pine for the sun because it was just too fucking cold in that office but it was like I am a real I'm a real desert rat yeah real desert lizard the rest of us were like oh it's chilly I need to put a sweater on or whatever but I literally felt like it was um sapping your life force to have to be in that office air conditioning (laughs) it was but you know and when we moved to our studio too I, it's a real interesting mix because I sweat so much yeah, and I need to be cold 
But at the same time, I like love being hot. So you guys, you do the math. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Speaking of which, you know, I got my first job. I think I was 15 and I got a job at the mall working at the body shop as like seasonal help. Oh, sure. Over Christmas, like to have extra cashola. That was that was my job. Like I worked it just for whatever, November and December. Yeah. Um, and then once I once I got into California Pizza Kitchen as a hostess, that's where she remained sure. for the rest of her yeah. working days. Um, but anyway, so we just realized that we were so like there was so much travel and so much like stuff, logistical stuff going into planning the beginning of this summer. Yeah. We forgot about August. And like (laughs) You just forgot forgot. that it was a month. We forgot that the children had have nothing to do. Not a thing. Wow. And not only that, like most of Birdie's friends are like gone. Right. uh, Either in Europe or the Hamptons or whatever, like wherever they go. People, yeah. Wherever the fuck rich people go. I don't yeah. know. My, they go. my old they town used to go. really clear out in the summers while my kids were having a, a very 1980s summer every year as well. Well, listen, we just looked it up. Birdie could get a job at Sephora. Oh, wow. And I kind of am like, why don't we do that? Why doesn't Bernie just get the job at Sephora for the month of August? Is do that it. See? No, I've had no, a job. I, so. I have worked steadily since before I was 14. My son Eli also, I was just telling this story at, uh, we had like a little thing for Matt's birthday, which Emily Beebe came to. Thank you, Emily Cut Beebe. to Birdie managing the Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> Eli went in, his school, I think, gave him like a job listing or something. And so he made an appointment to go in and he asked me to drop him. And I was like, this looks like a very, another very serious office building. This seems like a weird, a weird fit for a 14 year old. And he was like, well, my school gave me the ad. So he went in and, uh, had a meeting and then he came out and he was like, eh, it was weird. It was a mistake. Um, they were looking to hire like a college intern. Um, it's a PR firm and so it's a no-go. So I got to keep looking. And then a couple weeks later, he was like, hey, the lady that interviewed me at that PR firm <laughs> called me back and asked me if I still wanted that job being an assistant. So Eli worked as an assistant in a PR firm when he was 14. And uh, every day he'd come home and be like, well, the president of the company was like really struggling over this soap pitch or whatever. And so I asked him if I could give him some ideas. I'm just like, what a weird... That's so birdie. <laughs> like, that is so birdie. Yeah. We were on the airplane. We just went, oh my God, I have not... I mean, can I just stay still for two seconds? But we were in South Carolina over yeah. the weekend. You were there for like a second, I feel like. I was there for a second. It was fine. Um, it actually was... It was fine. <laughs> whatever anyway um but there was a woman on the airplane that asked if birdie was going back to school college in charleston oh. the college of charleston and i was like ma'am birdie's <laughs> 13 <laughs> by the way you have to be 14 to work at sephora but birdie's almost 14 and so okay when do they turn 14 
August 13th. Okay. They could get two solid weeks in before school starts. I know. That's, I mean, that's a career. That's like you could get a ton of experience in just two weeks there, especially in New York City. Can I tell you how long I worked at a makeup counter when I was in college? Have I ever told you this? No. So, you know, I worked at California Pizza Kitchen and I I always was like, I loved my CPK job. But yeah. then one of my... um like sweet mates or a girl that lived in my dorm. I can't remember how this happened was like, Oh my God, I got, I met this woman at century city mall at Bloomingdale's and she hires for like independent makeup and perfume salespeople or something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, so I guess if, uh, I don't know, this was how it worked back way back in the Late 90s. Who knows knows? what it's like now? But basically, you're not hired by Bloomingdale's. You're hired by like whatever company it is that's selling. They're like contractors, private contractors in the Bloomingdale's. Yeah. In the makeup and like fragrance section. Right. And this is so bizarre. But the woman, it was like a company that had gotten into Bloomingdale's that had created color-changing nail polish. Oh. I mean, why? Who knows? (laughs) But anyway, guys, it was like 97. You know what I mean? So anyway, she was like, the money is so good. It's insane. It's like $12 an hour. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, that is crazy. You know? And I'm like working CPK for like whatever it was at the time, like $5 an hour probably, four something, whatever minimum wage was. So anyway, I was like, hook me up. So I had like the weekend shifts. I had two, oh, wait, and the company also, I had to sell. So I had to like try to push the color changing nail polish, but also weirdly a makeup line based on the movie Velvet Goldmine. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so those were the two things that I was like, kind of like in charge of in my little section. So I go, God, the shift is like short. They pay you a lot, but the shift was only, it was only like, I, I feel like it was like only five hours or something like that. Right. I go, I'm booked Saturday and Sunday. I go the first day on Saturday. It was the slowest five hours of my (laughs) fucking life. It was, I swear to you. No one came in? It wasn't, Bloomingdale's was hopping. It was like, I don't know. We were like in the, I was in this section, like off to the side with no one else. And like, it was like, no one came over there and I was like, no one was interested in the hyper color nail polish. For sure not. <laughs> but also I was like trying to talk to people. No one wanted to talk to me. I was trying. And then, you know, I'm very sensitive to smells. I had a fucking migraine. I was right. like, I left the place with like the craziest migraine because the perfume all around me and all the makeup and everything. So anyway, I went the next day for my shift and I worked like the first hour of it. And then I was like, fuck this. And I just left (laughs) and I never, and I never got the money. I never got paid. I just like, Oh man, I just split. Oh my God. I don't, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. (laughs) You know, the restaurant chain friendlies, Mm -hmm. 
My husband, um, as a teen, got a job as a server or a dishwasher at Friendly's, and um, I don't know if it was his first shift or second, maybe, I don't know, but uh, in one of his first few days there, he just went into the freezer, uh, changed into his street clothes, left his uniform, folded up, and and just skedaddled. (laughs) I feel like any millennials listening to us, their, their feelings right now are like, yeah, so what's, <laughs> why are you guys why are you guys telling them these stories? Oh my I, gosh. I feel like millennials, like that's the vibe, right? Like a lot of millennials are just like, yeah, it's not really for me. Like I'm just not gonna come back. It was unheard of to like just leave just, a fucking job. Oh my god. Just bounce. Like no one you wouldn't dream of doing it. And it felt so like, I don't know, I was like horrified that I had done it, but <laughs> I did, I did have CPK to fall back on. So I was, yeah, right. it's, I mean, it, you're right. You're right. Because we got a lot of talks about how like, you're not just letting yourself down by being a quitter. You're also letting everyone else down who's relying on you and you got to s- stick it out and see it through and give notice and make sure that everyone's comfortable with your every move. And so, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, we probably, we probably had that drilled into us. I know I got hired at CNN once and I left after three days and I felt terrible about it. But I also knew there was no way in hell I was going back to that job because it just was not for her. It was not for her. <laughs> I loved the lunchroom, miss it to this day, but the the job itself was not not as advertised. <sighs> I read uh, the Oprah Quarterly on my plane back today. Oh, how was that? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's not the same. It's not the same. And it's also just like, I don't know. It's, it felt like it was like they're cramming too much into here. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I needed, I needed some space. You need it once a month. And what? I need some fluff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's too much crammed. Also, I sort of miss when I, okay, I feel like I have a little bit of a reputation for like recommending products that I love. Um, And because I think the reason why I like to do that is because I sort of miss back in the days when I really believed that people and personalities were honestly recommending products that they couldn't live without. And now that I know that it's like, for the most part, like a PR exchange or whatever, where like, they're like, oh yeah, we'll show your hyper color nail polish in our magazine or whatever. Like, that's fine. Uh, We have space for it. Like now that I know that for the most part, things that you see recommended in media, it's like, you know, it's it's a trade. So um, that bums me out. So that's why I love to make recommendations that I have no business, I mean, literal business recommending. Like, I don't get paid to recommend them because I just love knowing that, like, I can trust that something's really great. I love a genuine wreck. And you trust no one more than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So when you recommend something, you're going to buy it. Yeah. I mean, and I'll tell you if it stinks, too. I'll tell you if it's a bomb. But, you know. Well, that t- that car was a... I mean, it's sounds not... Sounds like it might be a lemon. I am really holding out hope that Carvana makes it right. Oh, my God. 
How to buy a home, 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 how to buy a home podcast. We love you. <laughs> here's we, what I'm going to say. We do here's love it. We do love it. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say a few things. Number one, things are getting more expensive, including rent. Yes. Prices skyrocketing. And buying a home might feel scary, but it might be the best option for you because you're guaranteed a fixed payment for the next 30 years. But here's what I'm going to recommend. We are recommending that you check out the How to Buy a Home podcast because David Sedoni is an industry expert with years of experience who's devoted to helping first-time home buyers navigate a crazy marketplace. And I have to tell you something, as the daughter of a realtor, retired mom, realtor, it's always been a crazy marketplace. And every time people are like, oh, don't buy a house now. It's a crazy market. But you know what? Then you miss out. So there are things that you will learn when you listen to the How to Buy a Home podcast, like that the Fed introduced the biggest interest rate hike since the 90s. But do you know the difference between interest rates and mortgage rates? Guess who's going to break that down for you, David? David Sedoni. How to Buy a Home is an incredible resource. You don't have to take notes. There are full transcripts of every episode available at howtobuyahome.com, which is literally my favorite part of the podcast because I have pointed several friends over to howtobuyahome.com to those transcripts because you can scroll through and see the question that you have answered and like broken down yeah, by right David Sedoni. It's right there. It has helped so many listeners close on houses that they thought were impossible, even as things went bonkers in these last years. He can also, by the way, David will even connect you with a great realtor in your area. So start your path today with the How to Buy a Home podcast and make this the last year you rent. Listen to the How to Buy a Home podcast today. Find How to Buy a Home. That's the name of it. How to Buy a Home on YouTube and also just wherever you listen to podcasts. Where are you listening to this? Look up How to Buy a Home. (laughs) He's there. He's there, guys. He's there. Oh, my ginger. I love this ginger essential oil. I was just using it. I was literally just using it. I was just using it because I have, they sent me these little like um, closet pomades that you put the ginger oil and you hang it in your closet. And so now my new closets smell better than they look. Wait, can I tell you something? First of all, don't talk about your closets that way. (laughs) (laughs) Because they can hear you. And they will respond. <laughs> but secondly, you know what I do? What? I put them in my drawers. <gasps> Genius. I do. I put them in my drawers and my t-shirts smell real good. I love them. <laughs> I love the way my t-shirts and my workout clothes smell because of Ginger's amazing essential oil. That's Ginger with two J's. J-I-N-J-E-R. Guys, you've heard us talk about this before. You're like, why am I, guys, 
busy. Casey, what are you talking about? <laughs> why do I need why do I need an essential oil? What's happening? Well, you don't need just any essential oil. It's, this is the truth. Ginger is a high quality, 100% natural essential oil made from the ginger root. It's free of micro impurities, comes pre-mixed with like its own carrier oils. So you can use it directly on your skin. It helps with like uh, inflammation. I use it on my ankles and my knees when I have inflammation after like working out or walking too much. <laughs> um, you can use the gua sha stone that you can get like in the little ginger rejuvenating self-care kit. Yes. Um, they has a gua sha stone. If you guys don't know how to use gua sha stone, get onto that path. I don't know what to do with you, <laughs> but like it is actually just incredible. I use it on my wrists and my hands when I'm getting like carpal tunnel. I love it. And it smells so good that I don't feel weird. Like, right. you know, there are certain things that I'm supposed to use for my like carpal tunnel or my like arthritis and my knees and stuff that I'm just going to be quite honest. If I put it on myself, I'm like, well, now I smell like a nursing home and <laughs> I actually don't want to go meet my friends for dinner. Right. But ginger smells so friggin' good. Yes. A this little ginger in a, oil. A little in a diffuser. It just changes the whole attitude of your environment. I mean, it does change the attitude of your environment. <laughs> and also you can put it on your joints and put it on your knees and whatever. And like you smell really good and you can go to dinner with people and they're not like, what is that that and smells like literally my grandma? You're like, what is that that smells delicious? Can I get a ginger margarita? Anyone? Like I'm like in. I'm telling you, ginger essential oil is a game changer. Casey and I know you're going to love it too. You need to check out the rejuvenating self-care kit. You'll get that gua sha stone with it. You'll get the diffuser and the little thing you can hang in your closet or put in your drawer if you're me. Right now, our listeners can get the special offer. 20% off your first purchase, but you have to visit our special URL. It's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best best. Don't miss out. Go to ginger with two J's dot us slash best. You're really going to love this oil. I'm telling you. Can I tell you something that happened with me recently? Yes, please. So I'm still trying to figure out my real, real stuff, you know? Oh, like selling your clothing. I have a bunch of clothes that's ready to go. But I it was do just too. Like, I'm, that I need to put on. It was just a lot. Posh. And it like, I... You have to measure everything. Wait, what did I say? Take, you said the real say, real. Oh, I meant Poshmark. Okay. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out the Poshmark sale. Yeah, both are great. Situation. Okay. Well, this is what I wanted to say about the real real. So, but I did have some like things. And guys, I took notes. My Poshmark sale, I got a lot of like, can we just have stuff that's like not like... Couture. Super, super couture yeah. stuff, which I was like, I get that. Yeah. But I had some items that were like, and if you don't know what real real is, it's like they only take certain designers. It's like all designer goods. Everything, okay. if it's like a designer, 
you, you know, like they won't accept right. Their it brands has to be they like won't off, accept authenticated and yeah. yes, they it has to be authenticated. Like if you sell a Louis Vuitton handbag, like they make sure that it's like they authenticate it. Like they go that through this whole process. Real, real. That is real, real. Um, because they kind of charge. It's like more expensive resale stuff. It's like you know what it is. It's like an old fashioned like consignment store, right? Right, yeah. but it's just online. Yeah. Smart. But anyway, so, but I I haven't sold anything with them in a really long time. And so I like made some hard choices just because I'm like, I'm trying to downsize everything. You know, we've talked sure, about this. Yeah. And I did make some hard choices because so much of my thing with clothing too is that like, and by the way, Bless, but I'm being proven correct. My kid is like so thrilled with all of my clothes, right? You know? Yeah, and has been like, you know, quietly stealing clothing of mine now for the last like <laughs> so- year solid. Well, that'll you help know? you downsize. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but anyway, so I had like the person come over from the real real they like you can have like an appointment or you can go in there or whatever I had so much stuff I was like just come here and go through all the stuff whatever so he went through all the stuff I really liked him and he left and then like my stuff got listed you know it doesn't say that it's mine or whatever but it gets listed and sold and okay maybe it was like a lapse in my own judgment in like putting this dress in there but there was this dress by a designer that like he the designer had like was like a friend of a friend and I bought it I paid for it yeah but he like gave it to to me at like a very 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 reduced friends and family a friends and family discount because of friends and family but they literally so, like listed it on the real world. Real world? On the, no, not on the real world. But no. they listed it and sold it. Like it sold immediately because somebody is like fucking smart on yeah. the real real for like one hundred and fifty dollars. <gasps> and then I like looked. I was like, what the fuck? And then I looked, and they had another one of this guy's dresses yeah. on there that was listed for like $2,500. Why like did, at the, di- that's the discount price why is $2,500. sell it for $150? I, I, and by the way, can I just be honest with you? Guys, you know, I'm open with the money, with the money situation that yeah. I'm in kind of like, I only gave that dress. I would have kept that dress for Birdie. It never really fit my tits. It like right. never really fit my boobs. If I'm being honest, yeah. it ne- even even at my like most svelte version of myself, which sure. is what I was when I got that dress, it didn't really fit right. Like yeah. it didn't really fit my boobs ever. Yeah. But like it was like a rad fucking dress. And I, the only reason why I didn't save it for Birdie, why I like got rid of it was because I was like, you know what? It's a lot of like, it's, it's an expensive fucking dress and it would, it would be better for me to just have that money than to like, right. Isn't that suck? And so then I like reached out and I was like, Hey dude, I'm confused. Like what happened here? Yeah. And it's been a while. And like, I was like, I was like, can you stop 
the sale. Like, I don't want to sell it for that. That's insane. Yeah. And he was like, no, that's not how it works. Like, da, 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 da. And I was like, but no one, like, how can you just list? Anyway, I guess they can. That's part of the whole deal, right? It's like, they can just list it for whatever the fuck they want. But it, it was a mistake. So anyway, I guess he did just, he just texted me that, I got like a site credit. I'm like, I don't want fucking site credit. <laughs> I don't want the site I credit. I need money. I want the fucking money, dude. But it's also like, just like, I don't know, rude. Uh, it's I, fucking rude. It, that kind of thing just gives me so much anxiety. Like your whole thing with the real real, my whole thing with Carvana, like waiting to hear if you're going to get boned or if someone's going to come through and like, help you fix something. I just can't with the anxiety. It's too much. It's um too much yeah. for me. Well, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Then I guess it's like then it is like one of those things where it's like move along, lesson learned. Yeah, the, like okay, the universe like, is trying to tell you a le- trying to teach you a lesson. But is are they Don't be so mean, universe. That's just what I tell myself so that it doesn't feel so bad. I'm like, oh, I got some value out of this. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like that. Like, I know what you're saying. I just feel like, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's like, you have to figure out what the, what it is though. Like, it's like not always obvious what the, what lesson is being shown to you, you know? Right. Did I tell you? I oh I te- I think I texted you about my trying to be frugal. What happened when I got back into New York last week with Birdie? I did, didn't I? <laughs> yes, but tell everyone. So, I know, guys. I'm tr- I'm really trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> I have I have new business managers who are helping me like figure out money stuff and like how to not. You know I. I am like a person who is very like free when I have money with the money. Yeah. And I spend it on people and I give it to people (laughs) and I give it to charity and I pay for everyone's dinners and I, you know, like I just am that person. I'm like that fucking person. Needless to say, I'm trying to like change things, shift it and take more control and have more power um, and empower myself, blah, blah, blah. So, but like in that, I'm like, I do think I have a tendency to sort of like waste money on food, especially like I over, like I order for everybody or I mean like I'll like pay for everybody at meals or like, you know, like I don't need to do do that always. Yeah, not all the time. No. No, it's, no. Yeah. Um, Anyway. It's also, like, nice to take turns with your friends. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's fine. That's not even the point. The point is that we flew back from L.A. It was just me and Bertie and Bevan. My seat was broken on the plane. Sucked. It was... And they were trying we, by to... By the way... They were trying to help you desperately, but... They really were. Yeah. But also, um, the woman on board... I actually should, like... I should, like, email Delta... Shit, I didn't do it. Is it too late? Statute of limitations? You know how they are. I don't know. No, I mean, try. It was just a week ago. Yeah. No, it was less than a week ago. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to email. Because, like, guys, the seat was, like, 
it was like would not would it would it not only not recline wait not only did it not recline it was like sort of like so upright that it was almost pushing me forward a little bit pitched (laughs) forward the the most comfortable and and i did say the flight attendants were felt so bad and they were like when i sat down in it for the first at the first like the first second i sat in the seat i was like oh this is weird yeah but then i thought like oh, this must just be what it's like for takeoff and landing. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then, of course, obviously it was broken and I couldn't recline at all, at all. Oh, no. And the flight attendants were, like, furiously trying to fix it, trying to, like, I don't even know. They were doing, like, all this. They tore the seat apart. (laughs) They were, like, pulling manual levers and, like, it was wild. And I was just, like, standing there sort of embarrassed, um, literally – standing over that cute actress who's she's like little and she played like the mom on how I met your mother you know like the at the very end and then she's she was in Palm Springs I don't know her name she's got dark hair you know she is and then she's like on the she's like the lead of like sitcom she like gets parts all the time I don't know her name we don't know each other surprisingly hold on hold on Kristen Milotti literally like hovering over her as she's like fully reclined watching whatever movie she was watching. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She was, but I mean, she was obviously, but like, anyway, it was awkward. And then they were just like deeply apologetic. And then I was just like, you know what? This feels right. Like I actually, this is what I need right now. Like I just need this. I need this reminder that like this lesson you from can, the universe, this is a lesson from the universe. It's like, you can like con, someone else into buying you a first class ticket but like you know when the seat doesn't recline what are you gonna do (laughs) how how are you gonna handle it um oh my god so so anyway uh oh but the flight attendant like one of the flight attendants was like I put 5,000 miles on your account which is like that's like nothing yeah you can like just buy 5,000 miles yeah 50 bucks what does that get yeah yeah nothing nothing so Needless to say, I do think I should reach out just because, like, wait. But wait, I didn't tell you the frugality. Oh, oh, the frugality. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So then, so just, needless, there was a bunch of other drums. It doesn't matter, guys. We're going to get to it at some point. It might, it's just not today that we're going to talk about it. Well, it's, I hope it'll be next week we'll talk about it. Anyway. Oh, God. So, um, so we get, finally get to New York traffic it so much luggage just a day it was just a fucking day I've been up since five in the morning I thought I would sleep on the plane obviously that didn't happen I I was like Bertie can I get food I there's no food in the house I'm gonna order food Bertie's like I'm not hungry I was like okay well I'm gonna order from this place Bertie's like I don't I'm not hungry okay okay my food shows up. Bertie's like, I'm hungry. I want. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no shit. So I was like, what do you want? So Bertie was like, I want calamari and a pepperoni pizza. I was like, that's a lot from this place. I was like, that's a lot. Can you just have one? And Bertie's like, no, I need both. And I was like, ugh, okay. I order it and then I'm like, like brings me this brings me the tray back with the 
like boxes or whatever from the takeout and like has not touched the calamari. And I was like, dude, <gasps> Casey. We froze a little bit, obviously. Of course. Ugh. Also, do you know what the problem with the non-alcoholic wine is? What? There's no alcohol in it. <laughs> That's the fucking problem. That is the problem. Oh, my God. Guys, <sighs> we had like a little internet crash. Just as Busy was about to tell me about Birdie said they were hungry. Okay. Birdie said they were hungry. I ordered what they requested, which was calamari and a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the calamari was not cheap, but I was like, I don't want to, the kid wants calamari, fine. Didn't fucking eat the calamari. I was like annoyed, didn't know. I was like, I can't throw this out. This is like too wasteful. Right. I put it in the refrigerator. The next day I was like, surely I can just reheat calamari in the air fryer and I will, and I'll eat it. Okay, guys, don't, do not, do not, don't do it because not only is it disgusting, but your entire house is going to smell like a fucking squid farm and you're going to be real bummed. Better than air fryer maggots. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Sorry to bring it back up, but it was, I was on the phone with you when you were trying to eat it and uh, you went out. I almost threw up. You I went outside because your house was too smelly, but you still were going to try to eat the. I try. I didn't. <laughs> I took, I was like, I'm not even going to try to eat it. And then I was like, ah, so wasteful. <laughs> and then I was like, it's fried. That literally, these are the thoughts that went through my head in such rapid fire, quick succession. How bad could it be? It's fried. Right. I put one piece in my mouth. It can be terrible. It was terrible. It was, <laughs> it was worse than you can imagine bad. Like I truly almost vomited. Oh no. It was bad. So anyway, then I had to leave the house to throw it out. Yeah. Cause you can't. Just, Cause it was. Yeah. No, it was just too disgusting. Yeah. Which I said to Casey, I think is technically illegal, but <laughs> You're not really, it's like no household trash in those. But I was like, you know what, guys? Anyone who tried, I would be like, take me in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just this don't, is... don't throw this calamari away in the jail where you're keeping me. Do what you must. <laughs> but good God, let this calamari die. <laughs> um. Anyway. But you tried. And now, if you were a regular mom and not a cool mom, the next time anyone tried to order calamari, you'd be like, no, last time you didn't eat it and we wasted $18 on calamari. And oh, by the way, that's 100% happening. Because also, guess what doesn't travel well? <laughs> but you have to keep it up until the child is like in their 40s. And then when they try to get calamari, be like, are you sure you want to get calamari? Remember that time when you made me waste $18 on calamari or <laughs> When I was a little kid, I don't know why, my aunts and uncles were all trying skiing, and uh, my- They were trying skiing? Yeah, they were like, they were, you know, 
it was we lived within like driving distance to a mountain where you could ski to like you know a ski what do they even call that it's not a resort but it's just like a yeah they they call it a, a mountain ski resort but it's not a resort like it didn't have a place you could stay on it it was just a skiing facility but anyway anyway um i think they were my grandparents had more money than like my nuclear family had so skiing was more attainable achievable for them um but i don't know if they bought their stuff or they rented it or whatever because my grand probably rented it probably but so anyway i was like i want to try skiing and uh i was probably like five years old or something and i don't know why but my parents were like okay which is not a you know they said no to plenty of things. I don't know why they thought skiing would be the thing, or maybe they thought, I don't know, that I'd like go to the Olympics or something. But they bought me skis and boots and bindings and like a snowsuit and got me all fitted. But maybe for- they didn't know that you could just rent it. I, I'm wondering if like maybe they didn't have it at the time for like someone that small. It's not a it's not the wisest investment because a five year old's gonna outgrow skis in like two weeks or whatever, outgrow the boots. But so anyway, yeah, they bought all this shit and like put me at the top of the mountain and I was like, No, I'm never doing this. I don't wanna do it. And um, so I've never skied, but The next time I brought it up when I was like 16 in high school and was thinking like, oh, a lot of the cool kids are in the ski club. You want to go skiing? Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, no. Remember what happened last time you tried skiing? And I was like, I mean, I was five. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully I would not um, scream and wet my pants at the top of the mountain. You never know. But did did you... Did you go or no? No, I never, I never went. I've never been skiing. I got to say, I think it's the right call. (laughs) It's dangerous. Just knowing your joints. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, knowing your joints. You're right. We didn't know know this back then. I was, you didn't. And yeah, plenty of dangerous, but free things. But I never have skied. And you know what? I don't really love um, snow that much either. I guess, like, it was maybe my attempt at, like, well, I wanted to hang out with cool kids. And let's be honest, like, rich kids, because those are the kids that skied. But also maybe trying to, like, make a lemonade out of lemons situation. Like, if you live in a place where it snows, maybe you could find something fun to do with it. But I don't really. I'm not a snow. I like The only thing I like about snow is how it looks from inside i agree they should sell passes just to ski lodges do they because i would like go sit my ass in a ski lodge all winter long yeah i think that that's a whole thing yeah like i'd be a lodge bunny yeah snow bunnies or whatever they're called i would do that probably has some terrible other meaning that i'm not but i would like sit by the fire in a cute outfit drinking hot cocoa all winter long and never step foot outside Although, yeah, I mean, they did make skiing look kind of fun in House of Gucci. I know you never saw that movie. I did see that movie. You did? Yeah, I watched it on a plane. When probably I was, no, I watched it in L.A. Uh, I thought I told you this when I was there for Girls Five Eva stuff. That oh. panel thing that I was doing in May. Yeah, yeah. remember? Yeah. 
I did watch. I watched it in the hotel. I was, I thought we talked about this. I was floored. (laughs) I was truly, I was truly like have never experienced like an out of body feeling watching a movie before where I'm like, I could see them shooting it. Yeah. And like, I could feel what they were thinking while they were shooting it and like how they thought that this was so good. (laughs) And because I've been in those situations before where you like are as an actor or you're in a thing that you're like, this is fire. It's going to kill. Like this is gonna, I am doing it. And then you see it and you're like, oh no. Oh, oh, I did not do anything. In fact, oh God. But like there was such, there were moments that were so insane in that fucking movie. You know who I like weirdly though respected the most was Jared Leto. Jared Leto. I feel like he was doing a bit. He was, whatever the fuck he was doing was like a performance art piece. Yeah. But like, he felt like he understood the assignment. Yeah. Like that this is camp and we're going to do camp. And like, I'm here, I'm here for camp. Yeah. And I'm here to just fucking chew it up. (laughs) And like, there is a thing with Al Pacino in that movie that is so fucking insane that I was like. I rewound it like four times (laughs) because I couldn't believe like how unhinged this was. I, I don't think they made skiing look great. I think they, that one like lunch with all the rich people looked nice, but that's what you're saying essentially. Well, yeah. Like the outfits and everything. I mean, I, I think it, that looked like a fun time, even though it was the spoiler alert demise of a marriage. But which was doomed, I'm sure. Doomed from the start. Doomed from the start. House of Gucci proved to me two things. One, so curious. I'll watch Adam Driver do anything. Doesn't matter, good, bad, or ugly. I'm gonna watch it. He's compelling to watch. He's just like a musician. You know how like when you go see a band play and there's sometimes like one musician that you just can't take your eyes off of, even if you like don't care about the band. That's Adam Driver for me. Like the one high I'm sister. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even though I love them as a band. I think they're great. I I do. Yes. Yeah. But, but I mean, you can't. There's like, one you that you watch. can't stop looking yeah. at because she's just compelling to look at. The second thing is that there are certain movies that would just be improved by the addition of two to three Muppets, and House of Gucci is one of them. <laughs> Wait, but they had one. Jared Leto. Jared you, Leto was full Muppet. He kind of was, was, was full, full Muppet. Muppet. Yeah. He was 100% Muppet. Yeah. The other thing I felt watching it was like, this is so stupid, I'm not in this movie. Like, I was like, I should have been in this movie. I can I also like, not do an Italian accent very well. I, I too, am terrible at Italian accents. No, you know who I thought I should be was the was Jared Leto's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I would have been, been great. Good. You would have killed great. it. I would have killed it. Oh, my I could gosh. be a trashy girlfriend of a rich guy. Come on. <laughs> 
pulling the strings of Lady Macbeth. Oh man, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it's fun to watch a movie that just yeah that didn't go where everybody thought it was gonna go. But but that's what I'm saying. Like wasn't mad when I when I had the experience of watching that movie, like being able to see like in specific scenes too. When I'm like. God, they took this so fucking seriously. <laughs> and they were like on set and like after like great day, great day at work. Like, God, we're really doing the work. We're really yeah. doing the work. And then you watch it back and you're like, this is, there is not an ounce of truth in any, like it's like so <laughs> insane. It's so bad. And, and I only say this as an artist, as a person who has literally been there where yeah. you're like, I am at the core of humanity, the root of the realness of a person's experience, lived fucking experience. And yeah. then you see it on camera and you're like, oh shit. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're like, they, can, right, they well, can do a lot with editing these days. Well, see, that's the thing too. Like, <laughs> you know, when it's like, there are a few performances, guys, that like in Hollywood lore or whatever, they're like, oh, it was all in the editing. Like that person's performance was terrible. And apparently it was all in edit, blah, 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 blah. And then you see something like House of Gucci and you're like, well, I mean, what was it like before the edit? <laughs> like, what was it like? <laughs> what happened? <sighs> like, it was anyway. I loved it. I really <laughs> loved it. I really did. I really did. I really loved it. Oh, my God. It brought me such joy. I watched it on a plane. And then to bring it back to embarrassing plane moments, my favorite all-time... We've talked a lot about, like, watching movies, sad movies on planes. I think mm -hmm. planes are a great time to watch bad movies that no one else will watch with you um, because you're, like, by yourself. But it brings me to this story that I know I've never told on the podcast, um, one time I was traveling. I thought we were never, I thought we weren't saying that anymore. I know, but I confidently know that I never told this story. So I'm pretty happy okay, about good. it. Cut to somebody's going to be like, you did. Um, but anyway, I was traveling somewhere for work with a colleague and it was just, uh, about the time in history where people felt confident bringing their laptops everywhere. Sure. Um, you know, like remember when there was a time when laptops were like a little too heavy and a little too precious to like, well, I don't know. I had the seashell <laughs> to toss in your bag and drag to Las anyone, Vegas. Anyone else? Anyone else? I remember. I remember the seashell. The seashell. Yes. It had a handle. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, we're going, I think we're going from New York to Las Vegas to work on, um, a show in Las Vegas, like a live show in Las Vegas. Anyway, my colleague, Lucas is sitting across the aisle from me, and uh, I don't think there was, like, an in-flight movie. So Lucas is like, no problem. He opens his tray table. He gets out his laptop, and he is just going to watch a movie that he's downloaded. And um, the movie that he downloaded was the Team America, the, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker puppets. Oh, I'm familiar. You know that movie. Um, which fine, you know, he's watching the movie. It's a funny movie. I'm like, oh God, he's going to be cracking up laughing and like, uh, causing a disturbance. That's not what caused the disturbance. Lucas didn't laugh. What caused the disturbance was there's a very graphic puppet sex, puppet scene, sex scene. And the flight attendant was like, sir, sir, 
watch that on this plane. And Lucas's face turned so red and he was like, no problem, no problem. And he was trying to like close his laptop and stop the movie. But then another flight attendant came to see what the hubbub was. And she was like, no, sir, you can keep watching that. That's just puppets. No, no. (laughs) The two flight attendants had a full loud disagreement in the aisle over whether you could watch puppets fucking on a laptop in the air. And Lucas was like, it's fine. I don't want to watch it anymore. It's fine. Lucas was out. He was fucking out. He was like, please just stop talking about this. Wait, can I tell you that when I was writing my book, you know, I would write it in coffee shops because I need a lot of chaos around me to write. And um, your husband and I actually talked about that. Yes. Um, If you have ADD guys, maybe you'll know this, but um, for me, in order to do creative work, I need to listen to music in my ears really loudly and um, like kind of the more chaotic the music, the better. It like weirdly helps my brain focus on what I'm writing. Right. And Matt also has that experience. Yes. And then people who do not have ADD are like, how the hell are you <laughs> listening to Modest Mouse like <laughs> in your ears while you're trying to yeah. write this fucking thing? Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that when you're in coffee shops that have Wi-Fi... Sometimes you find out that people use the Wi-Fi in coffee shops for things <laughs> that they want to look at that maybe they aren't looking at in their in their own tomes. <laughs> and I had that experience where I was like, "Oh my god." And it was a guy looking at anime porn. Wow. Online. And I just was like, "Yeah. What do I do here? <laughs> You're in a public place like you should is it illegal to look at porn in public? I mean, it's... It's bad manners. It's definitely bad manners. At it's, 10 a.m. on a fucking yeah. Wednesday. In a coffee... Yeah. In a coffee place. Yeah. It's definitely bad manners. But it wasn't like he was, like, being... He wasn't being, like, um, you know, like, when people say things loudly for everybody else's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything I've ever said. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or... Or it, it, or like it wasn't, um, like it wasn't, I couldn't, it wasn't very obvious. Like he wasn't being, he was, he was an exhibitionist. He was not being, that's right. He was not being an exhibitionist about it. And yet you still saw out of the corner, very clearly out of the corners of mine eyes saw the, but that's, yes, the cartoon, cartoon. Well, anime, I don't know. Yeah, that's a rough anyway, one. It was weird. I didn't know what to do, so I just moved. Yeah. Because, like, why is that guy doing that in the... He's just watching it for the story? He's just doing that in the coffee shop? Like, I feel like that's a thing you'd want to, you know, be by yourself. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe well, it does have, like, like really good stories. My, I don't know either. And you know what? I don't care. Yeah, it's true. It's... I mean, I'm just, I'm glad you, I'm glad you moved. The internet will always get you. I think, again, it's one of those things, like, sometimes, you know, people share a screen, people do things on Zoom that they didn't mean to do, but the internet will always tell on you if it gets the chance. Yeah, it really will. Okay, I have a confession to make. 
do. Okay. So kitsch, which is like birdie and my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Um, the pillowcases, the hair towels that I use, the scrunchies, like all of these things. Yeah. Well, Kitsch is advertising on our podcast now. Birdie and I have spent millions of dollars on <laughs> Kitsch <laughs> before well, they started <laughs> advertising on our podcast. Can I tell you the one thing that Birdie insisted on bringing on the ill-fated uh, European trip? What? Was the Kitsch pillowcase yeah. to zip around any pillows that they might encounter along the way. And I was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. That's Bring genius. that pillowcase. Here's what's in my packing. You know, I've been gone for three weeks. Here are the, the three Kitsch products that were my actual. This is like, guys, I'm not even kidding you. This isn't even about the ad because I've had too much wine. This is like <laughs> legitimate these are the three things that I packed from Kitsch, who are now an advertiser on our podcast, but items that I paid for because I love them so much, and I had them packed on my three-week trip. I had one satin zip-up pillowcase from Kitsch in my luggage. I had one quick-dry hair towel from Kitsch, and I had a scrunchie collection <laughs> <laughs> from Kitsch, like the satin crunch scrunchy collection yeah. that I use and put in my hair when I work out so that it doesn't, because I get no breakage when I use it in my hair while I'm doing my workouts. Yeah, okay? it's so perfect. Also great for travel are the shampoo and conditioner bars. And I want to point out that Kitsch's satin is vegan and cruelty-free. So if that's something that you're concerned about, don't worry about it. My hair is like it's nuts in the morning if I just sleep on a regular old rough pillowcase. Satin pillowcase, a whole new world. I recognize that this is a thing, like a small luxury that doesn't have like a huge price tag, but like affords me a luxurious feeling. Yes. And I need this in my life. <laughs> and you I'm need serious. it in your lives too. Years ago, I remember I was doing a thing for like a travel magazine and they were like, what is your number one thing you always have to pack? And it is my Kitsch quick dry hair towel. Yes. 100% of the time, no matter where you're going on vacation, you put that sucker in your luggage and I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. You need Kitsch in your life. If you don't have kitchen in your life, you need kitchen in your life. If you do have kitchen in your life, you need more kitchen in your life. And if you go to mykitch.com slash best, Kitch is offering you 30% off your entire order. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash best. Best. Once more, mykitch.com slash best, 30% off your order, guys. I actually think I might go there and just like buy some more things for Birdie. <laughs> like just literally, I'm not even kidding. Like yeah. I think I might do it. Do it. Okay, I'm going to. You guys do. You guys too. <laughs> oh, I need to get, I need to, you know what? 
you know what? I need Sakara. I actually like guys. Sakara is an advertiser this week. And if you've heard me talk about Sakara before, you know that long before they advertised on this podcast, I was a Sakara believer. Yeah. And lover. Always carrying it around with you. Yeah, especially when we were doing busy tonight. But just now, as I'm seeing the words Sakara, I was like, yep, that's next week for me. I'm ordering it. Right. I because love you've it been traveling so much. I've been traveling. I'm off kilter. My system is all weird. Like, I just feel well, like I don't feel right. And Sakara believes that feeling your best starts with what you eat. And by the way, they're not wrong. You agree. They're I agree. Not wrong. It helps you to live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but also to truly enjoy it because the meals are delicious and plant-rich and functional wellness essentials, and it all builds a foundation for radiant health. Listen, they're ready-to-eat meals, functional wellness essentials. They show up to your door. Who can argue with that? They're delicious. You're never sacrificing taste or quality. When you nourish your body, you can transform your life. And with the plant-rich meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials, you get to be in the driver's seat of your own health and you can experience the true transformation. I'm telling you when I do Sakara, people stop me in the street and ask me what I do for my skin. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. It glows. I'm serious, Casey. No, I know. I be- I know. I've seen it. It's the plant-based ingredients. It boosts your energy. It supports your digestion. It curbs sugar cravings. You're in a bad habit. You've been traveling. That's where I'm at. Sakara is delivered right to your door. You don't even have to think about it. They're just like, here you go, ma'am. Here you go. Here are the tools you need to transform your life. Sakara is a wellness company that is anchored in food as medicine, and it is on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash busy or enter code busy at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. Let's all do it next week, guys. You saw what happened to our friend Angela Kinsey. You know what? <laughs> Angela um, is the best on Instagram. I love her Instagram. It's just, uh, it's such a happy place and, you know, just oh delightful. Um, and she has so much fun with her kids and her husband. Um, she made a post where she took a picture of the somebody had set a new toilet paper roll on the toilet paper roll holder um, because to like call someone out in her family and be like, who did this? Was it my husband or my kids? But um, she must have been sitting on the toilet when she did it. And so the shiny toilet paper roll holder had like a reflection of her butt. And, like, she didn't know. She just posted it to Instagram. And so, I don't know if it was... That is actually kind of amazing. (laughs) I, like, I'm sort of obsessed. Wait, you know that happened to a friend of mine who's not a public person? (laughs) 
who like got sent like champagne or something in her hotel room and fully in the reflection of the champagne bucket was like her vagina. (laughs) She was fresh out of the shower. Oh Lord. And was just like, she was like literally fresh out of the shower and was like so excited about this delivery of champagne that she took a picture and she didn't realize that she was just like fully like you could just see her fucking badge and she like actually reached out to me because she was just like I feel like you know how to handle things and and I was like you know what fucking cares like yeah honestly you took it down if anyone I first of all I saw her post. I like <laughs> saw it and didn't notice the vagina. Right. Like, I just was like, oh, she got champagne. She loves champagne. Yeah. So, you know, then she took it down and then reached out to me. And I was like, first of all, I didn't notice the vag. You know, a lot of people are just like clicking through. It was like Secondly, a funhouse vag, maybe. Yes, yeah. it was a funhouse vag. I was like, you could, cl- you could also, you can see who saw it. Like, is there anyone that you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she's like, well, like, my mom and my, like, your, cousin. Your mom's and I was seen like, your vag, for sure. For sure, your mother's seen your vag. Also, number two, like, it's probable that your cousin just, like, flipped through it, too. And also, like, just get it out of your head. Who cares? It just is over. It's done. <laughs> you deleted it. We all have bodies. We all have bodies. Like, it's just... We have to just, that's the, yeah. we just all, we got to move on. You got to move on. We can't, you can't, when those embarrassing, fucking insane, embarrassing things happen, I get it. I've been there. I've had real embarrassing shit happen to me with my body, with my, what, like exposing myself, like whatever <laughs> you do on accident, you just got to move on. You got to move you can't, on. You Because there's nothing else you can do. There's nothing you can do. And then like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like. Eight years from now at Thanksgiving dinner, your cousin's going to be like, <laughs> remember when you post a picture of your vag on Instagram? And then, you know what? They're the weird one because they're the weird cousin that thought about your vag for the past eight years. So. Exactly. It's not on right. you. It's not on you. Not you, on you. You just deleted it and moved on. Oh my god! But wait—is she horrified? Is she okay? No, Angela? she was she was laughing. I think Jenna is the one that told her, maybe. But she um, said that Josh is never going to let her live it down. She actually reposted it with like a like a little emoji covering the part where her butt was reflected in the toilet roll holder. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I just sent her a message and was like, "Your butt is great. Like, she's got a great great I, butt. I love your butt." <laughs> Good for that, but. <laughs> but it did make me laugh because, I mean, this is a thing that I've seen happen to Real Housewives countless times. Real Housewives are, like, multiple times have posted uh, nips and vages accidentally in the reflection of, like, whatever it is, a salad container, a television screen, whatever. And, by the way, like... All of my years on Watch What Happens Live, a huge part of my job was to make sure no one flashed their vag on live television because, you know, short dresses, high chairs. Remember when that was like a thing that they, that paparazzi were like trying to do? Yes. Yes. Ugh. 
get like an up. I mean, do you? Well, of course you remember. You remember Anne Hathaway with Matt Lauer asking her. Sorry. I was trying to find the Angela Kinsey thing. Oh my god! You remember Matt Lauer asking Anne Hathaway about her her like upskirt pap shot and how horrible that was. If you haven't seen that clip, go back and watch it. The fact that anyone thought that was like a a normal thing to do on morning television, like chat where someone's just trying to come and talk about their movie that they're in, and you wind up talking about like their their vagina. It was so fucked up. It was supremely fucked up. But also like in the like vein of hard hitting questions. Yeah. Like yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was like, we're like trying a to get sit to the, down. It to was the, like a sit down. We're trying to get to the bottom of how ashamed you should be, Anne, that someone stuck a camera there. Like I just I could never I don't know. I could never imagine a world where Matt Lauer wasn't a fucking creep. Yeah, well, that too. But just I could never imagine a world where you wouldn't be like, oh, let me save someone some embarrassment. Let me crop this photo. Or, But I guess, you know, that's not that's not where we were. We were not there. We were not there yet. We were looking for to capture people's not greatest moments and, you know. Now we have TikTok for that, I guess. We get to see everyone's wild moments, even if they're not famous. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? TikTok I always TikTok like, for other things. Yeah. TikTok is like TikTok, I think, thinks that I'm very interested in seeing like someone have um a meltdown at Bath and Body Works or whatever. You know? I just saw the Angela post. It's really funny. <laughs> It made Just me laugh the so hard. Well, listen. <laughs> you know what? It made me laugh so hard, and I'm glad she had a good sense of humor about it. That's, but see, that's that's the only way to to be about that because, yeah. like, you just you know. And again, it's not like you like you just posted like you know a raw nude of yourself. Like it's if it's reflected in something, then you know. You didn't post your vagina or your butt. You posted the reflection of your vagina or butt, and it's that it's, you weren't you're you weren't looking for because you're not into your own vagina and butt exactly. <laughs> and you were focused on the thing that you were focused on: the champagne, the toilet paper, whatever. Word. Anyway, um, what are you doing your best at this week? What am what I doing my best at this week? Um, well, it was my husband's birthday this week. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday to Matt. The best. Um, And uh, I didn't do my best at, like, organizing anything for him. I asked him what he wanted because I think think we just have to do that now. Just ask people what they want. And, like, unless you really, really know for sure that someone's, like, heart would sing if they were surprised. I think you just have to ask in this day and age. And so what he said was, I'd love to see a few people, but it's like still hard to go to restaurants or whatever. Um, because, you know, we're just in this cycle of endless pandemics of various types of diseases. So I was like, okay, let's invite a few people over and have like a cookout, whatever, just keep it simple. Um, 
And uh, so that's what I did, but not a lot of people because I was like, I don't want to fill up the backyard and make everyone feel nervous. Mm. But um, then people canceled and I was like really sweating it. I was like, oh my God, we are going to be sitting here with 80 hot dogs and hamburgers. Maraschino cherries. But maraschino, maraschino che- cherry- cherries all, all, all over. over and also the birthday party I threw for Matt where I like bought out a 20-person table at a restaurant in Manhattan and literally 18 people canceled. I had to call <laughs> I had to call no. people that we hadn't invited in the first place and asked them if they wanted to go to a fancy oh dinner. God. Like can you imagine the weirdness? I it <sighs> sent me right back. And by the way, that time and this time, everybody had really valid reasons for not coming. One friend had COVID. One friend had a death in the family. One friend is like was traveling, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. I, it just put me right back in that place, and I was really sweating it. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do if no one shows up to this party? I felt like Mary Tyler Moore. If you watched Mary Tyler Moore when you were a little kid, you know how nervous she was to, like— throw a party, the veal Prince Orloff incident. Mm-hmm. You can go back and watch it. But anyway, our friends Ben and Julie showed up and then I instantly felt better. And then it was it was nice because everybody came when they could and they came sort of in shifts. But I saw a lot of our friends, our friend Nelzo's came. Once he came, that's all, that will make Matt happy. You know, those two. One time we drove to San Francisco together and... Uh, Matt made a five-hour playlist of music that, like, he knew that he and Nelzos would both love. And we never got to the playlist because those two just talked the whole time, like, just chatterboxed the whole time to San Francisco for five hours. So once Nelzos came, everything was fine. Then BB showed up. And then Biebs. the Beebs showed up. My friend Mike Leipart, who's a fan of yours, showed up. And I'm a fan of Mike Leipart's. He's the funniest non-entertainment professional I know. And uh, then Keisha came with her husband Andrew. Ashley nice. Nicole Black came. It was like a perfect mix of a handful of people arriving in shifts. And everybody ate hamburgers and hot dogs and Impossible Burgers. And everybody was mm-hmm. lovely. And it was... Such a fucking relief because I was like, oh, my God, if I have to just sit here with mountains of hamburgers and hot dogs, just looking at my husband being like, I failed you again on another birthday. But um, he was delightful. And, uh, you know, it was a real roller coaster. And then I got him a gift that I thought was something that was really thoughtful that he really wanted. and But it's the wrong thing. And, oh, no. Yeah. And so I have to, we have to return it, but, like, the right thing is not is on back order till October. And so mm-hmm. it's just some, um, it's just been a real exercise in, like, embracing the imperfectness and, and patience and, like, you know, just hanging in there and being, like, you know, if no one shows up for this fucking backyard barbecue, Everybody has their reasons, and it will be okay, you know? Um, but my kids were joking around about, uh, they were, like, pre-writing one of those, like, Facebook posts about our dad. <laughs> None of our dad's friends showed up for his. <laughs> Have you seen those, like, on social media when people yeah. are like, <laughs> like, no one came to my grandpa's 100th birthday party, and, you know, can you wish him a happy birthday? So my kids were like, well, we can always do one of those social media, sympathetic social media posts to get 
people to wish dad a happy birthday, but our friends came in the end. So except for, you know, people who couldn't for very good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, you know, it's just like, uh, it's just one of those things. And I'm an anxious person. And so I really felt that anxiety. And then I really had to, um, you know, just let it go because you can't make it be any different. You know, you can't, in, mm-hmm. you can't change what's about to happen or, you know, you can't change that, like, you got the wrong thing. And when they open it, they're like, oh, this is so nice. Oh, it's the wrong thing. (laughs) You know, I'm glad he told me instead of pretending, but it's just, it's just one of those things. And uh, I think that's good. And then, you know, the party wound up like all good parties with like a handful of people sitting outdoors um, talking about hallucinogens and, uh, you know, their thoughts, their thoughts on that. That's always my favorite party ender. (laughs) Wait. Do we have to be concerned about monkeypox? I mean, I think that it's good to be cautious about monkeypox. But what does that mean? I don't get it. Well, I think we know that it's, um, it's, I believe, spread by person-to-person contact, but also airborne and also that it can live on surfaces for, like, a, yeah. a great many days. So I think, like, I wouldn't be, like, trying on clothes in a store right now, and I would just be trying to be cautious, like, keeping your hands clean and away from your face and still continuing to wear a mask in public. Um, but, yeah, I think so far the handling of it isn't great. Um If you feel like you need to get vaccinated for it, if you can find a vaccine, that's probably a smart thing to do. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not fatal in most cases, right, monkeypox? But it is really painful and terrible and probably uh, just sets you up for an illness that hospitals are probably not well equipped to handle right now so i think like avoiding it is pretty important while also not stigmatizing the gay community because that's where it's having like a moment monkeypox is having a moment in the gay community and that's a that's a weird situation right the way that we talk about it and the way that you know the way that we handle it or don't handle it at all oh hold on one second gotta show this guy my ID so I can get some real fucking alcohol. <laughs> so anyway, monkeypox, I think I'm mostly worried about how we're handling it and not handling it. I gotta say, it sounds an awful lot like the horrific hand, foot, and mouth disease that Birdie had in kindergarten. Right, yeah. So, I mean... Which is, which was, it's gotta be in the same family, right? I mean, I would... It has to be. All those poxes. <laughs> I mean, the, people curse people with a pox upon your house for a reason. But, um, yeah, I just think we need to be careful and conscientious and encourage people who are, like, out there breathing and touching, you know, no matter for what re- for whatever reason, to, like, get that vaccine if they can, if it's being offered. You know, I I think that, like, the entire thing with 
COVID and and choosing to get vaccinated or not vaccinated to protect myself, but also Mm. because, like, any illness that I'm like, well, it's survivable for me if I'm healthy, whatever, blah, 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 has the potential to be devastating to someone who is disabled or elderly, and it's just not something that, you know— I can roll the dice on. So, you know, I live a pretty cloistered life with the exception mm-hmm. of the odd birthday backyard barbecue um, where everybody's tested negative before coming. Uh, ah, it's exhausting. I'm sorry. It's, it's exhausting. I'm sorry. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. <gasps> yeah. So, I mean, you know, will I probably not get vaccinated until they're super readily available and people who need it more than I do? Busy's like just clinking her, her glass, her ice. Um, well, also, it's like a little bit like, guys, why isn't it? Why didn't the wine come cold that I ordered online? Like they are not, they're not idiots. They know that I need it now. <laughs> it's six p.m. Like what fucking wine store doesn't look at my order of three bottles of rosé? And it's not all for right now, guys. I just like we, I didn't have it's any supplies. In the house. Yeah, it's a supply. But who didn't look at like my five thirty p.m order of rosé and not just say like you know what throw in one cold for that for that person throw in one cold for that girl yeah yeah that would you know i'm just that is not that is not five stars sir (laughs) oh well you got some ice in there you got your rosé what are you doing your best at this not a goddamn thing nothing not what that's not true it's true that's not, it's not true. true. It's not true. You have like rose colored hair. Mm. I just dyed my hair, yeah, in the bathroom when I got here. <laughs> uh, because I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, there's a thing I could do. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing my best at. I'm trying to continue to do hard things, things that are hard for me. Um, and be a grown up about it. I'm trying my best to parent in the way that I want to parent. I'm trying to remember to use the Hoffman things that I learned a year ago when yeah. I'm overwhelmed by a lot of things. Um, I'm trying to stay engaged and focused in the different political battles being waged across our country. Kansas is voting today. We'll know by the time this podcast comes out, probably they're voting on basically a a near total abortion ban. Right. Um, So we'll know about that. Uh, I have thoughts about what's what I feel like needs to happen. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know if I'm like, you know, I was in South Carolina and my friend Sarah Frick, who testified before the state Congress had this like get together with um, like the largest reproductive justice organization that works in South Carolina and then her her friend who's the doctor who was her doctor um who 
Dr. Natalie Gregory, who also testified. I posted it on my feed because I just thought that last sentence to the state representative was like so incredible, which is which was her saying like, I might be the one covered in blood, but the blood will be on your hands. Wow. Just like, yeah, really a fucking intense line that like she said in response to a question, it wasn't like a line she had like come up with. Do you know what I mean? Like she like, because she was specifically talking about how her ability to make these choice, like life and death decisions are being called into question and hampered now in hospital settings with people. And, you know, It's interesting. Like I, you know, and I, my friends at Whole Women's Health reached out to me. I posted about that yesterday because they're having a hard time meeting their goal of moving their clinic. Right. And, you know, my fear is fatigue for everyone. Like my fear is like, it's the next big disaster is coming along or the next thing to laugh at or the next picture of Bradley Cooper. You know what I mean? Like whatever it may be. Right. But like there's just it's it's a lot of it's a lot and it's dispersed and it's state by state, you know? And I met a really incredible woman who's running um in South Carolina. Yeah. Um and I think we're going to talk to her on the podcast. Yeah. Um but she's a doctor. And she's just like a mom and a doctor and is like, yeah, this is not great, guys. We got to keep, we got to do something about this. And I hope, I feel like somebody listening right now is going to think about running. Yeah, I, I do. I feel like one of you guys out there who's doing something somewhere <laughs> that's not involved, like involved in politics, but what, like, I feel like. Someone out there that's listening right now should run for something. Yeah. So my friend Sarah like had this get together with, and it was real small. It was just like some women that are in her community, like in her immediate community who are like, want to get more involved or asking like how to and what to do. And Sarah really wanted me to be there, obviously, like, because I work like in this space on like a national level and like, and I'm not from... I'm not from South Carolina. I mean, I love it there. I've worked there. I'm from Arizona, which is like another state where abortion is on a thin line. Anyway, it was empowering to like hear that these women are like, we want to, we want to do, we want to continue to be involved, you know? Right. And one of her friends, Kate's, this is really sweet, like, rad girl who's like, I don't think of it as a marathon or a sprint. It, I think of it as a relay. And I was like, that's, like, honestly fucking amazing. Like, yeah. that's such a great way to think about it. And, like, when you think about who's been carrying the baton for so long, you know, and, like, the black women in 
our country who've been shouldering such responsibility for um, the state of reproductive justice and like, yeah, like you can carry, you can carry the baton and not like take over and like think that you're winning the race. Right. <laughs> Do right. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can all take turn, like take turn, taking turns in terms of like how best can you figure out a way to show up in your own communities for reproductive justice and for the people who need it the most. And like, that was actually like a really interesting conversation and something that I want to talk to my friends at like the bigger orgs about, which is like, you know, there's a part of this bill in South Carolina that would make it, would make search history, like call into question search history on your browser. Right. Like, and would make websites helping you access abortion like illegal to look at. And I mean, that should be terrifying to right. anyone. Right. That's straight up fascism. I mean, that <laughs> should be fucking terrifying to anyone, to the most Republican amongst us. But um, it's not, they're not, they're not, they don't, they're not, they're not seeing that line. It's so weird. I mean, and it's not the thing, like, I, I, I'm so over, like, I'm so over, like, the, the cruelty is the point, the hypocrisy is, is what it is. Like, it's fucking enough. Like, I, they're, they're having, like, another special hearing before they vote in yeah. South Carolina. And yeah. They didn't, without telling him, the, the, G, the, the GOP, like, whatever, head of the special committee in South Carolina, like state legislature, like they released the sign up for if you like anyone should be able, like in the way that the government works there or whatever, like they have to have an open thing where people can like voice their concerns, right? Yeah. Like on the state level, right? Like you're yeah. supposed to be able to hear from constituents, Yeah, like a right? public hearing. Yeah. It's a public hearing, but they like released without telling anyone that they were going to, they, well, no, that's not true. They opened up the like signups for the public, the last public hearing that they're having, but they only emailed their voters. Sure. Like the Republican voters. Sure. And they cut it off at a hundred. Sure. So by the time anyone... So it's not a public hearing. It's a it's not a public hearing. A carefully and unfairly curated. curated hearing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was talking to this, uh, you know, this person that works at the reproductive justice like organization, and they were like, "I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're, I'm going to go to." like this particular congressman's, I'm going to go to his Harris Teeter. Like I'm going to go to his church. I'm yeah. going to go where he's eating with people who are willing to like come with me and tell him because he won't, he's unable to hear from his constituents. He needs right. to be able to hear from them. Right. And that's the thing where I'm like, I am so in full support of that thing. Like where people are like, it's, 
you can't bother people where they're eating at Mastro's Steakhouse. <laughs> it's like, guys, they work for us. Right. Also, and I said this to my friend, I was like, you know, if you're in one of these states, guys, you can call and email and ask for a one-on-one with your representative. Yeah. You can ask for a meeting. Anyone can ask for a meeting. And you can continue to ask for meetings because they work for you. Right. And not that it's going to like change anything because this is not, again, this isn't even about fucking abortion. Right. Like for these people. Right. But not losing the momentum is important. Paying attention to what's happening in these different states is important. Yes. And not zoning out because it's just like all too much is important. And and it also really struck me in talking to these women how we need to start, like, I mean, it already exists in lots of different places, but we, all of us, I'm just saying like every one of us listening needs to start understanding that information is power Yeah, and you need to arm yourself with as much information as you can now. Yeah. Because if that gets taken away via the internet. Right. And I mean, like, fucking old school. Like, I literally said to my friend today from South Carolina, I was like, here are the places you're going to go right now, and you're going to print out this shit. Right. You're going to have it. And, like, I know that seems extreme, but, like, this is extreme. This is it. This is it. And I know that's, like, I I just am, like, write down the fucking phone numbers. Like, Right. Do the, th- like, write down the information. Right. Get, get, all, you know, have people that you can call and who have the information. Right. Make fucking pamphlets, literal zines, guys. Right. We're right. talking zines. Right. About abortion. Because the other thing, too, like, you know, when, when uh, you know, our pro-choice groups and everybody are asking us like don't you know like they're saying like don't use coat hanger imagery don't use like bloody like pants and hemorrhaging and dying imagery because it doesn't actually change these people's minds like these people who are on this track but what it does or it could do is scare someone who needs abortion care into trying to safely get the abortion that they need right right and because we can actually provide a path for safe illegal abortion like that's the truth right is that it's a different time than it was just in the a, 50s and 60s. Like, baby's dad doesn't need to save the dancer at the fucking Poconos Club because, right. like, there are... You don't have to, like, go to some fucking illegal doctor in the right. back of an alley or right. whatever they... Right. Whatever was going on, like, right. in the 50s and 60s. And that right. shit was real. Like, that, that really fucking real. happened. That really happened. That was a real fucking thing that right. happened. But that is not the state of abortion... Now, whether or not you live in a place 
that says it's legal right. for you to get one. Right. You, like there are ways in which you can safely get abortion care, even if you live in a state that says it's illegal and there are funds that can help people who need the funds. Right. And can help provide childcare and can help provide like all kinds of things. Right. But we have to be able to get the information and also, of course, medical abortions and pills and right. abortion pills. Right. Like, but we have to be able to get the information to those people. Right. And it might not be online. Right. Well, you said something so smart and it's it's so basic and I'm sure cliche at this point. Information is power. So what I also want to point out is that when you have information, you're powerful. Use it powerfully. Power is not polite. So when you hear someone saying something that's not true, you know, like your niece on Facebook or, you know, who, someone at the office, it might be polite to just bite your tongue and be like, I know what they're saying is not true. But if you have the correct information, if you know your shit, share that information because that is how we're going to have to do things going forward. And you don't have to be rude. You don't have to like call someone out and embarrass someone. There is a great deal of power in saying, hey, actually, I heard I heard what you're saying. That's not exactly true. And, you know, I've been paying a lot of attention to this because it's very important to me. So let me explain to you the way that it actually is. Just do that. The more that we do that, the more that we can like, you know, and I'm talking to like our listeners to like gently be able to share what we know, what we've learned over this time. It's important because a lot of people have been doing a lot of the work all along and they can only do so much. And so, you know, we have to be the boots on the ground. And also, and also, and this was like such a clear thing for me in South Carolina. Like enough with these fucking men. I'm so over it. I'm so fucking over it. I'm yeah. so over it. Yeah. I'm so over the fact that Mark hasn't, I mean, well, he doesn't really post on Instagram. I mean, I know he's like vocal about it, but like if I were Mark, I would be like, I only have this life. Right. I only have the life I have and these fucking kids because fuck. I know he thinks that. Right. But if I were him, I would be fucking shouting it all the time. Right. I would like for once to see a fucking straight cis white dude wearing a fucking I will aid and a bet abortion t-shirt. That's what I would like to see. Right. I would love it if I could see that become a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's too much to ask. Because, because everyone has aided and abetted everything that has put these men in the position that they're in to be so powerful and they're, you know, they need to step up. Men need to step up. And by the way, if you're a guy and you have that t-shirt and you've worn it, that's amazing. We're not talking about you. We're, we're talking about like hashtag not all white women. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag not all. Right. Like, 
what, hashtag not all men, what, you know? Whatever. Like, yeah, no, but that's the thing. Like, but that's also where, like, you know, we had like a fucking real conversation at my friend's house about like one reason why white women suck <laughs> is because they know what their husband's politics are for whatever reason. Oh, he's liberal. Oh, he's the, he's like, so he's, you know, he's socially totally liberal, right. but he is fiscally conservative and right. it's like about our bottom line and it's about our taxes and whatever. And like, this is a different moment in time. This is not Reagan era, like fiscally conservative Republicans, which by the way, it was a lie. Like it all has been a lie. That's the height of laziness, by the way, to never, if you love your money so much, check the actual digits. Check, check you your know money. What I said, do you remember, this is in my book. You know what I said to my ex-boyfriend and his brother when they sold that script and had taken my name off of it? And they were so desperate and they just wanted to do a thing. And like, yeah. they were fully gaslighty about my involvement in it and then took my name off of it and then were further gaslighty or whatever. Yeah. And they sold the script because it was a good fucking idea because I had it. And <laughs> um, and you know what I said to him, which I was proud, again, it was like, like Dr. Natalie Gregory, like sometimes you come up with a line in the moment and you really do have to sit and think like, oh, this is a fucking good line. And like, this will be a line I'll remember for the rest of my life. Like guys... What are your lines? I want to hear them. Maybe we start that thread. Can yes. we start that? Can we do that? Yeah, this is our this is our question for this week's pod. Like, what is the line that you in real life? Like, don't fucking exaggerate it. Like, <laughs> give me the actual line, and I'll believe you. Because sometimes fucking lines come to you like, like just like lightning. Yeah. You know? And I said, I asked him how much they were getting for the script, and I said. Well, I guess it's good that you know how much someone is worth. That's like a thing I'll never know, I guess, right? Like, right. hmm, well, that's interesting. So I guess you have to hold that number in your heart. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's And what that is like literally what we're talking about in terms of these people who are like holding onto some fucking antiquated idea about like a tax break, like... Well, I guess now you can say to your person or the people in your life or your uh, brother-in-law or your uncle or your dad or whatever, like, just so you know, that tax savings that you are going to get, that's what a person is worth to you. So you hold that in your heart and enjoy your boat. Right. Right. Um. My dogs are barking and I'm home alone, so there's no one to shush them. Um, it doesn't Birdie! Make <laughs> Birdie is also my dog's name. And Yeah, Millie. did you guys know that? Birdie People knew that. People knew I think that. so. I think that. so, yeah. Oh, fly by Jean! Fly by Jean! This is yet another advertiser that when they came on board, I was so excited because in my pantry, there were already several Fly by Jing products. They are in car. 
incredible. Incredible. It's okay. So Fly by Jing is the first modern Chinese food company in America. And it's put spicy chili crisp on the map. First of all, spicy chili crisp, a thing I've loved. <laughs> I don't even know how long, but it is so delicious. I will put that on ice cream. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> no, it's what good we, on ice what cream. We, no, it really is that. Yeah, really? vanilla ice cream with the <gasps> chili crunch on it. Okay, is, now I have to do it. Now it's a good thing. Yeah, now I have to do it, guys. It's incredible. All of the ingredients are 100% vegan, all natural, non-GMO, and it literally tastes good on everything. Get on board now so that you can be the cool one that's like at actually, the table that's like put this on your. Actually, actually, I've been using <laughs> Fly by Ching since like. Early 2021, 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's me. That's me. You know what else I love? Fly by Jing is a female founded company, which you know is so oh, important to us. I love Jing it. Gao founded the company in 2018, inspired by She's so cool. She's so cool. She was inspired by the flavors of her hometown Chengdu and its famous fly restaurants, soulful hole-in-the-wall eateries, so good that they attract diners like flies. So I'm just asking you, are you guys ready to step up your game, elevate your favorite recipes? I think you are. I think you are. Get 15% off your entire order at flybyjing.com slash busy or use code busy at the checkout. That's F-L-Y-B-Y-J-I-N-G.com slash busy for 15% off your first order. You can also find Fly by Jing at over 2,500 locations across the country, including, wow, Costco, Whole Foods, Target, and Wegmans. Thank you, Fly by Jing. Thank you, Fly by Jing. We love you. Better help. Better help. This podcast is sponsored by Better Help. Uh, guys. This is what we're going to talk about right now. So BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or even live chat sessions with your therapist. But what we're going to talk to you about is like a thing we're talking about on the podcast today, which is burnout, right? lack of motivation, feeling helpless, feeling trapped, detachment, fatigue. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to even move forward. A lot of times people associate burnout with just like their work, their nine to five. It's not, that's not it. It can happen in any area of your life. It can happen in parenting. It can happen in um, feeling like what's going on in this country. I'm burned out. I can't move forward. I can't move forward. I can't move. I don't even know. Right. But talking with someone can help you figure out like how to handle that stress and how to move forward, honestly. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate BetterHelp just because of the ease of use. You know, this is something that I talk about all the time. Like the amount of effort I have to put into getting an appointment with someone and going through the process of like onboarding to have my first appointment is a huge barrier to entry for me. So the fact that BetterHelp is so easy to use, so simple and just painless for me is, um, it's a huge deal for me. It's also more affordable than in-person therapy. And 
Like if you want to guys, you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And I echo your sentiments, Casey, like it's a barrier for a lot of people. Like I get it. I understand. Like if you're feeling stagnant or like, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, this is why I feel like we said yes to partnering with better help. Yeah. For this podcast, because you just have to start. You right. know what I mean? Right. And they and, really can help and they can do it quickly. And they can do it quickly and they're and they will make it easy for you. They will make it easy. They will take it all like all the guesswork out of it and they will match you with a therapist. Okay. Busy Phillips is doing her best. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp, better dot com slash busy. That's better, like B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash busy. And you're going to get 10% off your first month, guys. I'm just saying, if you've been thinking like, oh, I really should get a therapist. I really should talk to someone. This is it. This is it. I just am like, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really feeling like we got to stay focused on these elections and even just like, see, like whatever, Biden sucks, fine. Okay, fine. What do you want? What do you fucking want? Right. What do you want him to do? Like, dude, is the whole system fucked? For sure. For sure. We know this. Yes. We've seen it in action. But you know what Biden is doing that's not getting a lot of press? And by the way, we shouldn't can we shouldn't give it a lot of press. Is he made like eight uh judge appointments, like circuit judge appointments that are going to have to be approved. But like, these are, it's like the first LGBTQIA person to be uh, put on an appellate court. It's like, I'm doing this off the top of my head, guys. So if I'm wrong, you know what? You're going to have to just forgive me and look it up yourself. Do your own research. The first um, AAPI woman? I believe to be nominated to one of the circuit courts and Julie Reichelman, who uh, is actually the lawyer that argued the Dobbs case brilliantly um, was nominated to the first circuit court in the Northeast. And that's going to be hard for her to be um, confirmed because the other side has a really difficult, um, well, they, they have a difficult time understanding that Julie Reichelman will be able to do her job impartially. She'll educate to the letter of the law. She will. And they have a hard time believing that to be true because it is not true when they shoehorn in judges. Which we, yes, which we've. Which we've now seen. Seen writ large on the Supreme Court. Um, and. And all kinds of other places. And all kinds of other places. But it is like our friend Melissa from the States Project told us when she came on the podcast, it happens so much on a local level and it happens 
in areas where you think this seat is not a big deal. There are seats going unopposed. There are seats that are up for grabs that seemingly no one's interested in. So I hope what you said is true, Busy. I hope that someone listening to the podcast like looks into their local offices that have elections upcoming and says like, why not me? Why not me? And at least maybe you start thinking about it for like in a year from now or whatever. Like, it's just, why not? Yeah. Fucking why not you? These these dudes are so out of touch and so insane. Yeah. My son one time told me this fact. My, My, both my kids are pretty politically active and they volunteer and uh, more so than than I. And uh, my son told me this thing one time that women generally need to be told seven times that they should run for something before they'll consider it. Whereas like it, compared to a man, maybe someone just tells them one time and they're like, okay, this is it. I'm doing it. And I just think that was so interesting and it will always stick with me. So I think we've probably said it seven times within the space of this podcast to uh, to any of you listening. You don't have to have aspirations to become the president <laughs> of the United States one day. You don't have to be an attorney. You don't have to have any particular area of expertise necessarily. You just have to have an interest in serving the public where you live locally. And problem solving and critical thinking. Problem solving and like tenacity and standing the fuck up to people that are trying to get away with nefarious shit. And you know what? So many of you gave money uh, to the giving circles from the States Project. So many of you started giving circles. That was incredible. And that's a huge thing, too. It's unbelievable, honestly, the amount of money that you guys but raised. are you getting robbed right now? Like, is someone in your home? <laughs> no, th- I'm, they're barking at Fudgy Mochi Munchy. Because fudgy, 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 fudgy gotta go. Yeah. Oh my God, Gina got attacked. She did? What? She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine, you guys. What happened? First of all, wait, first of all, the podcast is just starting. We're hour two. <laughs> Can we cut out? We got to cut out. I don't know what we're going to do. Guys, I'm trying. I'm fucking trying. We're not supposed this to talk. This is what I'm trying my We're best not supposed to, to talk about I the know. length right, of the podcast anymore. Cut it out. <laughs> anyway, wait, listen. So, okay, first of all, I didn't even tell you Gina was so fucking mad at me. I've been gone for three weeks. Yeah. Gina was like, absolutely not. Fuck you, bitch. Bye. And has been giving me, she is, we already knew this. She's a drama queen. Yeah. Always has been. And bless her heart. I hope she always will be because I love it about her. She like, I get it. I get that she's like, I'm gonna just like make you feel like shit for leaving me, even though I was very well taken care of and cuddled and (laughs) loved and fed and played with. And my life was like a delight while you were gone. Now that you're back, I'm gonna like narrow my eyes at you a little bit. (laughs) I'm gonna like make you, I'm gonna bark at you a little bit, make you work for it. Yeah, sure. Basically, we got back from LA and this whole fucking thing, I can't. It was just like Birdie and I were in LA because Birdie worked on With Love and I actually am on With Love this season too as well as the mother of Birdie's character, Charlie. 
which was fun. I had one scene. I loved it. It was really fun. Birdie did not love it and didn't love working with me. And that's fine. And also, I did not love working with Birdie. Um, <laughs> but that, so you're not going to be applying at Sephora. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, no, but like also it was just fraught because I don't know. I like had debated it anyway. Like Gloria, Gloria was like, we have the mom part. We would love it if you would do it. Like, would you want to do a cameo and be the mom of Charlie? If you don't like I, whatever. And I said to Gloria, which was true. I was like, I have to just like ask Birdie how they feel about it because I don't, they have to like live with me being their mom's so much like all the time that if, if that feels weird or gross or whatever. And like, I don't know, but you know, Birdie, it ebbs and flows that when I asked Birdie, Birdie was like, Oh my God, that's so fun. Yeah. And then we like both were PMSing and, uh, it was not, up. it wasn't f- finally after two years, I pulled <laughs> that cycle over to mine. <gasps> I'm the alpha uterus. Me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, get on the moon cycle, Birdie. Anyway, got Birdie on the moon cycle, thank God. So we're like both like PMSing or like just getting our periods. And Birdie was just like, ew, I don't want you here. I don't want you to bleed my mom. I don't want, you know, like bad mood, bad mood vibes. Not great. Plus we've already had the like disappointment of the, Sweden coming home early and then the disappointment of Sweden. We talked about that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So we've had some, we've had a roller coaster. Yeah, sure. Oh, and then, and then, and you know this and guys, you're listening and you're like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm," and I'm with you. And then, you know, I would, I oft would take my children to Disneyland and I would, and I would get one of those guides that would like kind of just help you skip to the front of the line because for a few reasons, number one, I hate lines. Um, number two, I'm like really bad at waiting in lines because I hate them. Number three, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to wait in line. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But because frugality life, etc. This time when we were in LA, I was like, it's not happening, kid. Like we're not getting a gut. I'm not going, I'm not doing the whole thing. It's like, no. Right. And Bertie was real fucking bummed about it, which I understand you're allowed to be disappointed yeah. about things, but also like that's fucking life, like whatever. And by the way, I was like, you can still go to Disneyland right. with your friends. You, I'm just not getting this fancy thing and I'm, we're not doing it. That's not how it's working this time. Right. That will be like a special trip at some point in the future. Maybe anyway. And guys also, by the way, full disclosure, I haven't paid for it that much. I've done like Instagram trades. Right. Right. I've gotten you know it I mean? for, yeah, I got, I've gotten it for working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, all I'm saying is that like, if you do have to pay for it, it's it's like for very wealthy people and it's exorbitantly expensive. And I'm sure my new business managers are going to tell me never Never again. again. (laughs) I have paid for it a few times, but also I have 
gotten done like Instagram trades and like gotten it as a perk and like done whatever, which by the way, is still work. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I'm not trying to justify anything to you. You guys like me. The point being, Bertie was already annoyed at me about that. Then the working thing and the period. And it was just like a lot. So then we get back. Gina's like so mad at me. Yeah. She's barely looking me in the eye. I'm like cuddling her. I'm like putting my face in her fur. I'm like loving her. I'm like not letting her lick my mouth because I'm not disgusting. But everything else, I'm just like, I like love you. I love you. And we were supposed to leave the next fucking day to go down to Charleston. Yeah. And I was like, I can't leave this dog. I can't do it. I literally, my heart is broken. She's pretending like I don't exist. (laughs) Like, I am her mother and I can't, I don't know what to do. And so Blake was like, sweet Blake was like, <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. I will drive Gina to wow. South Carolina. Wow. Guys, that's, you know what, Raymond Padilla? Hope you're listening. Did you make it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, Literally, he was like, Blake was like, NBD, I can do it in one day. Yeah, we know this is it's, part of Blake's, like, um, part of Blake's character. He's driven Gina long distances before. He drove Gina across the country. Yeah, something Blake does not mind doing. They have a bond. Yeah. Anyway, once Blake agreed to, or didn't agree, once Blake offered. Yeah generously because he saw the turmoil my heart was in I was like great okay so Birdie and I flew down to South Carolina but I was in such a shitty mood yeah also I was in like the shitty mood that I had been holding for two weeks yeah with my kid because and here's the thing guys I know that thing, like, pick your heart. Being married is hard. Being divorced is hard. Pick your heart. Whatever. It, everything is hard. Life is fucking hard. <laughs> and I was kind of a dick, like, when I got to South Carolina. I was just like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I don't even really want to be here. I'm only here because I had agreed to this many, many moons ago. And... I haven't seen cricket. I haven't seen my baby in the longest period that I've ever not seen her. Right. Which was, it was almost two weeks. Right. And I couldn't bear the thought of like going another five days, six days without seeing her because they're not coming back till tomorrow. So I was like, once the Gina of it all got figured out, I was like, I have, I mean, I have to see Crick. I was going, right. I was going anyway. Yeah. I was never not going to go see Cricket right. and be there. But you embraced it. And bring it. Birdie there. But I really embraced it because Gina was showing up. But I was just like immediately in a ba- bad fucking mood. Annoyed at like Mark and my non-separation separation. Yeah. Like, I was just immediately like, why, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, I was like so pissy and rude, but turns out one of Blake's roommates had a bachelorette party in Charleston 
that she wanted to go to, but then she thought she had a job, so she canceled her flight, but then her job got canceled, like a production job. Yeah. And so then she was like, wait, I could go with you and go to this, my friend's, my best friend's bachelorette party or like one of my best friends from college's bachelorette party. So she drove down with Blake. Okay. And she's like this adorable 26-year-old girl who wants to work in film. Okay. This is actually why I brought it up. Okay. And and I'm sure like at some point Blake had explained. So Simran, my friend Simran, who's yeah. like the executive producer and writer on that manifest show. Sure. Who's been like a writer for 15 years. And then Mark and I are both there in South Carolina. And so I'm sure at some point Blake had explained like, oh, you know, this is what Busy and Mark do, whatever. Yeah. Didn't know what she didn't know what Simran did, whatever. She came over to say hi to hang out with us, and the kids like all fell in love with her. Of course, she's like a cool babysitter vibe girl, yeah. And then we like started hanging out and talking, and she was like telling us, like, I really want she's like, she literally was like, I want to direct movies. She's young, she's a woman of color, she's like, this is what I want to do, yeah. And she was like, but I just want you, I just want to be clear, like, I don't. I'm not even going to like direct my first movie until I'm like 40. Like I get it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna need you to stop right now. Why would you wait until you're 40 to direct your first movie? And she's like, because I just like, I get it. Like I have to learn. I got to know. I got to do it. I was like, you don't have to know shit. (laughs) Fucking do it now. Yeah. I was like, do you think any white dude ever has been like, I got to wait until I'm 40 to do anything except maybe get married and have children. (laughs) Like I was like, absolutely not. not. No, I was like, it's not a fucking thing, girl. Like do your shit, like make it happen, get your shit together, whatever. And she's like, but I don't know. You know, I was like, okay, but I'm just telling you that is like, I remember feeling the same way. I have to be an expert to do Got to pay my dues. I have to pay my dues. Oh, it's okay. I have to write this movie with my boyfriend. I can't possibly do something on my own. Like, guess what? They will take your name off the script. They will fucking sell you out. Like, you have to just go for it. So anyone who's listening, who's like, I can't possibly run for office because I don't know X, Y, Z. No one knows anything about anything. (laughs) And the only downfall of our, of like certain things that are really present and gender, seemingly gender-based because of the patriarchy, like inherent in us, is an idea that like in order to, we have to be perfect, have to have all the knowledge, have to know what the fuck we're doing, have to like, these motherfuckers don't know shit. All I'm saying is that if you are listening right now, I want you to run to run for office. Every single, every single fucking one of you, every one of you. School board, city council. I want you in there. State representatives. I want you fucking vocal. I want you starting your own I just heard about a lady, I one of my friends in South Carolina, and she was like, fuck it. And she started her own super pack. Amazing. I don't she researched it, figured it out, and started her own fucking liberal super pack. 
you know, super PACs are like the ways that um, Republicans donate more money to their candidates, guys. Right. Because normally there's a cap on the amount that individuals can give to a certain candidate, but you can give a way larger amount to a super PAC because they are supposed to spread that money out. But generally speaking, they don't. They just like throw it at one candidate. Right? Right. Is that, yeah, I think That's so. my rudimentary idea yeah. of what it is. Yeah. I think it's right. I think- Guys, um, I went to two years of college. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, but my point being like, this lady fucking researched how to start a super PAC and was like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to start my own super PAC. Right. Like, whatever it is, you don't have to be an expert. You don't even have to know. You're just going to, what you're going to do right now, right now, <laughs> is you're just going to do it. That's it. That's all. Yeah. There's amazing organizations, by the way, that help women figure out what they should run for and how they can do it. So, you know, they're she out there. She runs, run for something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's fine. I don't even care about that. <laughs> Let's get to that later. Yeah. You just need to know that anything that is in your brain that is like saying to you in like a little tiny voice like, oh, but you don't know you don't know the lens type to use on a camera when you want to get the shot that looks like wide. So you need to learn that for, fuck it. The guys don't know either. <laughs> That's why you hire a good DP. This is all I'm saying is that yes. any of us need to pursue these things as if we are fucking experts already in the field because that is what white men have been doing for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations. And they're not experts in the field. They can't even find the fucking clitoris. You know what I mean? So like we have to take this power back. This is our, this is our moment. This is our moment. You know what I'm doing my best at this week? inspiring <laughs> I am doing my best this week at inspiring others just, to act just to act to get it going Guys, that's it that's all I'm doing this weekend I don't even give a fuck like I am just just calling it I'm calling it this is your you, fucking moment this and is your moment who's gonna say it's not no one. And by the way, when they do, if they do, fuck that guy. Right. That's, yeah. Don't literally Dr. fuck him. Annie. No, no, no. No. Well, maybe. I mean, you might, if you want to. It might to, be hot. It might you, be yeah, hot. It, it might be hot. Listen. I'm yes. not going to lie. Sometimes a hate fuck <laughs> is the best kind of fuck you can have. But don't feel like you have to fuck that guy. But like also no, no, um, no. symbolically fuck that guy. Yeah. No. Very much so symbolically fuck that guy, but also like if you end up fucking him, you're like, it's fine. I have no, sh there's no shame there. Yeah. It's no, I have no judgment. It's not about the that. end of the world. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Um, no, but I like, I am on a real, I'm on a real tear. You're on a tear. I'm on a tear. Well, it looks good on you. I just, I just, guys, I just, I just think that the point is that they want us to be exhausted and sad. And like hormonally, sometimes we are going to be, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But the best news ever is that that is just a few days yeah. of the cycle. Yeah. The other 27 days, you kick so much ass. Because we yeah. we always have, because we've always had to. We've always had to. And men have no fucking idea what goes into anything. Anything. I remember, like, the first time years and years ago when I, like, made Mark be responsible for the kids for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was because of work. It was like he had to take the kids on vacation and I got this job that I had to take. And so he had to take them to on this beach vacation. And I remember the text message. I'll never fucking forget it where he was like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't even know like the things you had to pre-think about in order to go to the beach for a couple hours. (gasps) And I was like, yeah, it's no joke, dude. It's a lot. And get used to it because I quit. Like, I'm not going to think about that shit ever again. Now it's your turn. No, that's not true. But I mean, it is kind of. But like, they have no idea. They have no idea. And they just like move through the world as if. Yeah. Like the seas will part and like everything will be fine. And the seas do part. Right. And it does work out so much of the time for these guys because of the way that they're moving. And I'm telling you, the times when I have moved that way, the seas have fucking parted. And look, I stand here with privilege, but guys, I know my demographics. You, a lot of you have a lot of privilege, okay? But like, I'm just saying, when I have moved through the world as if I were a white man with all of the like, the the fucking doors open, the people sit down and listen, like shit happens. And I do feel a little bit, especially recently, I've been a little Debbie Downer-ish about lots of things, but like, I think we're done with that now. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that I wanted to say is that like you were saying that they have no idea. I think a lot of times we have no idea. We have no idea because we don't, stand around adding up all of the energy we put toward being like, oh, the saran wrap is in the third drawer down in the kitchen and where the fucking are, where the band-aids are. Yeah, where the band-aids. And like, if you toted up how much of that you're doing and in your workplace and in your home, in your family, you could probably... You could probably, I'm going to say, I'm going to estimate. How much time could you save? You could probably gain back six hours of your week by employing the phrase, I don't know. I don't know where the band-aids are. (laughs) I don't, I haven't seen the saran wrap. I don't know. And by the way, it just feels good. You could gain back, you could gain back six hours of your life and lose yourself like probably 175 pounds of a... (laughs) Of a person. Or maybe, but maybe 
maybe not. Maybe you'll just like get the satisfaction of watching them like figure it out themselves where something is or whatever. And like I say this as I my type of privilege is that I happen to have a partner who would be more apt to tell me where the band-aids are. Right, right. Just right. because that's how he's well, because of who his mom is, if we're being honest. Like his mom raised him that like you don't rely on someone for fucking band-aids. You know that shit yourself. You well, know? let me tell you something. I had a really um, interesting moment in South Carolina because I was like, bitchy fucking bitch, not pleased with anything. And everything was hard. And, you know, look, Mark and I... <laughs> <laughs> we have a history, obviously. obviously. We're going through like a difficult fucking time or whatever. And your girl has only in recent times understood and implemented boundaries. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Wait, I was really proud of myself too. So yesterday I was only there I was like there for so quick yeah. you know like it was like not not long at all so yesterday there was like a situation that came up about food which was like a, a, in our marriage was like a very it was a thing it's a like spiral a, it was a thing the yeah. food conversation the fucking da, 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 whatever and I realized early in the moment, this is a text conversation. We're not even like near each other that what I needed to do was like, take care of myself yeah. and like responsible for making sure like children are fed yeah. or whatever. But like, I'm not responsible for anyone else. Like at this moment, like Mark and I are separate yeah. people. And that's like a thing that was always like a really big issue, whatever. And he was being like, it wasn't, I don't want to say that this was like a Mark thing that was yeah. like an issue. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't. But basically, in my moment, I knew my friend, the house that we always go to, that we always stay at, whatever, they have a sauna there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what I need in this moment? I, to myself, this is myself. This isn't to Mark. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I need to sit in this fucking sauna on the low setting or whatever, and I need to do my meditation thing. Yeah. Okay? Like, listen to my guided meditation, and that's like 30 fucking minutes, whatever. And Mark had been texting me about lunch, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I had reached out to one of my friends in Charleston, Stacy, who, like, I only get to see a few times a year. Right. I love her so much. And she wanted to have lunch. So I said, I'm going to meditate for, like, 25 minutes, and then let's figure it out. Okay. But then Mark is texting me like, what's happening with food? And like, do you know? Da, 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 da. So I was like, I know how you need to eat. I just need to do a meditation. I really don't want to feel pressured about a time or that I am late and if that's okay with you and you feel like you can hold that, <laughs> like, uh, and you won't be annoyed about how long I'm taking or whatever, that if that sounds good, you can come with us. But if you need to go, 
go get food. I get it. It's not a big deal. No feelings will be hurt. Like what is important to me in this moment is that I not feel rushed or pressured. Right. That's it. Right. And like, guys, I didn't know that was a boundary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. a year, like two years ago, five, three years ago, me didn't know that was a boundary. Like what I need in this moment in time is to not feel pressured or to make a decision or rushed. Yeah. It's a fucking boundary. It's I a- didn't know. <laughs> so many things that we thought that people only said on TV, like, let's change the subject. It can be a boundary. I had no idea. But anyway, it all worked out. And Mark was like, oh, I went and got food for me and Sim and Vince and the kid and the other kids. And Bertie wants to go to lunch with you. And, and I was like, great. great. Like, that's amazing. Like 20 minutes later, I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> and I just like had this realization that like when you can like return to the things that you actually really need what you actually really need in those moments, right? Whether you're still married to the people that you're trying to like co-parent with or you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is or just like a friend, if you're able to like really tap into like, ooh, you know what I can't deal with in this moment in my life right now is like feeling pressured or like that I'm late and I'm causing a whole thing for others. like. It's not going to feel good for me. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm telling you, I'm on my own fucking journey. I'm on my own time. And if you want, if you're cool with that, that's great. And if not, great. I only am bringing this up because I feel like so many of us like struggle with that idea and like are made to feel selfish. Yeah. By partners for like, for just saying what it is that you actually need in that moment. Yeah. And that was what I actually needed in that moment. It had been a very stressful, many, like several days of travel, like whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. That's what I needed. That's what you needed. I think that's super relatable to people. And I think it's funny that it was about food because I think food is like an area that like, it's such a big joke, right? Like asking your girlfriend what she wants to eat. And so like, here's a tip for everybody in any type of relationship, whether it's with someone in your family, someone who's your partner, someone you're dating, your friend, just like you were saying. First of all, everyone's going to eat again. So can we stop treating it like it's some kind of fucking summit? Like it doesn't have to be. It's not the last time you're going to eat, God willing. So like everybody can just be like a little chill and a little flexible. But also, if you want something, be honest about it. Say, I can't eat Indian food because I had Indian food yesterday or I'm allergic to wheat so I don't want to get pizza or whatever and then say but I'm happy to get chicken salads from this place because 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 if you're honest about what you want and what you need or I'm not hungry at all right now to be honest if you're honest about what you want and what you need and you put in like your choices and then it encourages the other person to be honest and then you can just dispatch with the whole stupid conversation but also if you're if you get a rep 
with your people in your life for being honest and forthcoming instead of like doing this weird like politeness dance that actually is like a huge drag for everyone um, and isn't really polite at all, then if you get a rep for being honest, I want Italian, but I definitely don't want Mexican today because I had Mexican yesterday. Then when you say, oh, honestly, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter to me. Then people know you're telling the truth and that you're not being passive aggressive, that it just doesn't really matter to you in that moment. So just pick what you like and let's move on. And then maybe you'll pick lunch the next time. But people get so dramatic around like... The, Especially food. What the, the subject fuck, dude? of food. And like my husband and I did it for so many years where to the point where, you know, uh, we're talking about he, he has ADHD. He would get hangry and useless. And then we'd just drive around like being mean to each other, looking for something to catch our eye. And that's like, now we know that's not a position we need to put ourselves in. Like, just be honest, say a, two or three choices that you would like, but people get so fucking dramatic. And I think it's because out of trying to like be deferential and be polite and, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck? And got, like, if I really wanted pizza and Matt wanted tacos, then we'll get pizza and tacos. Like, we'll go, we'll make two stops. Well, that's the thing. Like that is so fucking wild. That's it's the like, world we live in. It's very literally, luxury. yeah. The lu- the luxury <laughs> of this time is yeah. that we can all get what we want. Hopefully, yeah. Just Hopefully. not um, an abundance of calamari that will be left over. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> calamari is not uh, it doesn't keep okay wait i forgot to also tell you gina only got attacked by the cat the outdoor cat at the house that we stay at but it was when i tell you a comical attack like oh as my if, god like as like a tom and jerry like a cartoon attack mark thank god was a witness with me the cat jumped on Gina's back. Oh my God. But by the way, my friends have a dog who travels with them. So like the dog wasn't there, right? Yeah. But the the cats, the outdoor cats were there. Yeah. We've never had like an interaction with these outdoor cats. I don't fucking know. They were like, they weren't my favorite. Birdie was like into them. Birdie loves a cat. Fine. But Gina comes in. She's excited. She loves a. She loves the smell of a cat. She wants sure. to find out everything she can about them. When I tell you that Mark and I saw this cat leap through the air onto Gina's back and start like punching her in the oh, back of the head, no. and Gina was just like, <laughs> and like <laughs> ran into the house, and then the cat like went somewhere else. And I checked Gina. She And it was funny because the cat clearly didn't scratch her. Like, if you're a cat person, which I am now consider myself a partial cat person because I've had some cats that I've loved. Yeah. That's a great short story, partial cat person. Partial. (laughs) It is. That's my my New York Times bestselling short story, partial cat person. Um, I have had some cats that I've loved, so I, like, understand cats a little bit more. And, like... One thing that I love about cats is, like, I do know that they can choose when to scratch and when not to scratch. Yeah. And if you, like, these are outdoor cats. Yeah. They're not. So they, they defend like, themselves. And- right. They defend themselves. But, like, that cat 
like beat Gina with its paws, but didn't put its claws out, <laughs> which is like actually kind of hilarious when you think about it. It was like, just, a, she was just fucking like, with her. She was fucking with her. Exactly. Aww. And I was just like, it was wild, but it freaked Gina out so bad. My poor little girl. And like, I just had to like hold her and cuddle her. And she was like, oh my God. why'd you bring me to this fucking horrible the bullying. place? I been much happier <laughs> in New York. But then I got to take Gina to the beach um, for off-leash hours, which were until 10 a.m. And when I tell you that dog was living her best life on that beach, it was the cutest, cutest, best thing ever. And if you have a dog and you ever get an opportunity to take them to a beach, I highly recommend it because it was... So fucking cute. And she's been on beaches before. Yeah. But like, because, you know, she was a puppy in L.A. She went to Malibu, guys. Obviously. 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 All dogs go to Malibu. (laughs) (laughs) Not my dogs. (laughs) No, not those guys. But anyway, but but when she was a baby, you know, when she was best friends with the chain smokers. Yes. Dog. Sir Adi the Roddy. Now my rosé kicked in and I'm just on a tangent. You're on a t- but we love a tangent. We love a rosé-fueled tangent. So, guys, when Gina was a baby, she went to her trainer who also was currently training one of the chain smokers guys new puppies that was like a baby Roddy. Yeah. Rottweiler. Rottweiler. And Gina and Sir Adi the Roddy. <laughs> We're best friends. <laughs> they loved each other so much. And they went on their like daily like Malibu journeys together. This is during the pandemic. This is a special time in yeah. Gina's life. Anyway, yeah. Sir Adi the Roddy. I don't know the chain smokers. I don't know this guy at all. But our dogs were best friends when they were babies. And so Gina's like experience on the beach was with Sir Adi the Roddy, the chain smoker's dog, <laughs> when she was a baby <laughs> until now. And like I took her to the beach and she was so cute and she was so happy. Uh, I do wonder if she was looking for Sir Adi the Roddy, uh, but she probably she probably knows that he wasn't there. Yeah, I think so. This reminds me of when my son went to preschool sometimes with Lola Ciccone. <laughs> Almost exactly the same it's, thing. Uh, it's nearly the same thing. But he was like talking about this girl, Lola, Lola, Lola. And then I was like, oh, Lola Ciccone, the baby daughter of Madonna. I get it. But to this day, to your point about Sir Adi the Roddy, Eli will see her in uh, a People magazine and every time says, oh, Lola. Like he just sees her in a different way. Let from- me tell you something. I still follow Sir Adi the Roddy on Instagram. <laughs> so I I will see Sir Adi and I'll be like, oh, Sir Adi, he's so big now. Yeah. Um, anyway, Gina was fine. She was <laughs> briefly attacked by my friend's outdoor cat, but the cat didn't use claws, just punched her in the back of the head a couple of times. <laughs> It was just like the Bru- wildest. I mean, brutal and wild, but no, it was no b- blood so was drawn. Insane. Um, and all in all, South Carolina was, you know, 
I'm back. It was a whirlwind. You're back. You're you're back. <laughs> it's a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. You're back home with your with your yeah. rosé and um and and my know. Lucas and my Lucas's pawpaw ointment on all of my fucking bug bites. That uh, I Aren't monkeypox? I'm sorry. I don't think it's monkeypox, but I know, I know. But I did have a moment this morning when I was like, I mean, could this be monkeypox? And then, uh, and then Vince was like, No, I'm pretty sure it's just bug bites, busy. Probably like, bug bites, but yeah, yeah you're point. right. Good you're point, right Vince. to you know, you're right to wonder. You're you'll be in better shape than someone who who doesn't wonder. Um, but I ho- mean, hopefully, ugh. it's. I think if it's just itchy and just is staying itchy, then. Anyway, you're in the clear. On hour three, yeah, perfect. Right on. We time. say <laughs> we love you. We love you <laughs> so and much, and ha- have a great week. And we'll see you on the Substack. I thought you were about to say happy birthday, but happy birthday. You know, we love you and happy birthday. Happy birthday, if it's your birthday. It, it might be. It'll be. It'll be your birthday sometime. Save it up someday. <laughs> I hope people come to your party if you have new one. Leo Moon. Yes, happy new moon. Uh, it's been a time. It's, it's been, been a, a time. T- yeah, it's been a time. We love you all so much, and we will talk to you next week, if not before. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no.